Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? MCMF, the comic book podcast, where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those comics. Uh, my name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Joining me for the second annual Pride special, uh, it's Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? Official, official lesbian correspondent. Hello. <laughs> we didn't just try to record for 40 minutes and then forget to, and realize nothing had recorded. <laughs> Listen, um, anybody who sees my name on this episode is going to be very, very happy that I got that 40 minutes of rambling out of my system. This version, much more succinct. Anyway, oh, we were happy Pride Month. We for like 20 minutes. We did. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh. Seriously, though, happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, it is time to talk about an incredibly gay comic. We're talking uh, once again about sapphic gay. mutants. Yes, there's also a couple gays in here. Yep. There's, there's some gay boys, um, but mostly mostly the ladies. That is who we are focused on today. Um, we're talking about The Knights of X, Knights uh, of an X. incredible book. Not at all unintended branding on my part, uh, because my beloved Golden Knights just won the Stanley Cup. I didn't think about that until after I'd already decided it. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we do Knights of X. Uh, and then, of course, the Knights Parade was... Three days ago that we're recording this? 17th? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this book is the continuation of Teeny Howard's Excalibur, uh, which was really kind of, at one point, the focal point of the X line, which is crazy to say that Excalibur was yeah. was what was doing the job for it. Uh, but during COVID, when everything had to shrink up, they were like, yeah, this storyline you guys are doing in Excalibur, stretch that motherfucker out. It is 22 issues for Ten of Swords. It ranges across every single book in the X line, plus a couple of the like tie-in ones where it's like, this is the specific Ten of Swords, Alpha and Omega, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like, also, just in general, all of it is on Marvel Unlimited. It's a really good crossover. Um, we can never cover it on this podcast because that would be too fucking long. Oh, it would but take like five parts. Like we could not do it. Would, it, as, it would take too many parts. It's not worth it. We would it, have to tag people seriously, in and out. Go give it a read. It's fantastic and absolutely worth your time. Um, we will reference some things that happen in it a couple times during this episode, but we'll kind of gloss over the details and just say like, that happened in Ten of Swords. Go read Ten of Swords and you should go yeah. read Ten of Swords. Um, similarly to other things that happen in Excalibur. Um, and because I've practiced this once and I can do this pretty quick, here's what you need to know before Knights of X. There's a place called Otherworld. It is another dimension where the Fae live. Captain Britain is the defender of the multiverse and interfaces with Otherworld, which is the spoke or the middle of all the multiverses, pretty frequently. Captain Britain is Betsy Braddock. She used to be Psylocke. Now she's Captain Britain. That's complicated. We'll probably talk about it later. She is currently stuck in Otherworld because she stayed behind when the forces of Merlin and King Arthur came to take Opaluna Saturnine's throne, kick all of the mutants out, and seal all the gates to Krakoa. So now her and all of the multiversal variants of her 
are there defending mutants and defending the realm from a world that hates and fears them. Um, I'm proud of me. That took 20 minutes the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, at the end of Excalibur, she reach, uh, Rachel Summers reaches out very, very romantically for her. Um, oh, God. She really, really doesn't want Betsy to get stuck in another dimension. She needs Betsy to not be a dimension away from her. Rachel Summers, the gayest character at Marvel. Uh, somehow the gayest, the gayest Summers in a family that includes Cable... And yeah, Hulk. Goes Cable, a, a character like the difference between Rachel and Nathan is intentionality, because Nathan is not intended to read as like, I mean, because he's like, yeah, I'm from the future. Who fucking cares? Like he reads as like a character who doesn't really care much about sexuality in the way we think about it because it's from the future, uh, and yeah. also is so. He's one of those characters that is so macho. He circles all the way around into being gay. A.K.A. every Rob Liefeld every character. Every Rob Liefeld character. Yep. Uh, and, and one of them is in his book, Gay. Yeah. Uh, he's just so gay uh, by accident. Whereas Rachel, uh, by Chris Claremont's admission, was always intended to be... Like, if you read anything that features Rachel written by Claremont, it's very clear that, like... like That's a lesbian. Yeah, this is a lesbian. It's like, yeah, she dated some dudes. Like, really? So did I. Wait. We exist. It happens. You gotta, you gotta figure it out. Sometimes you have to date an alternate version, future version of Franklin Richards to realize that you're not into dudes. Sometimes it's just how it be. Sometimes you gotta date a dude whose sword is your mom. Uh. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> a dude from space who hangs out with your grandpa, whose sword is Jesus your Christ. mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, what what does the conversation between Rachel and Corsair look like? Listen, I, Rachel Summers, I, I respect you. I see you with your poor previous dating choices. However, spoiler alert: I'm just gonna say this now. In this comic. Rachel and Betsy kiss and become a couple. And that is why we're talking about this. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not waiting for this. <laughs> we're talking about it now. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm letting you all know why I'm here. Um, this, in last year's inaugural Pride, Pride episode, I talked about this comic while it was coming out, but the issue where they actually kissed hadn't come out yet. So I was just sitting there like, oh, I hope it's going to happen. Oh, I hope it's going to happen. And now. I am I am validated. I feel very, very happy about this. So let's get into it and let's get answer, into it. We shaved answer backstory as it goes. <laughs> we shaved twenty minutes off that. That was six minutes. Yeah, um, I'm breaking my curse. <laughs> uh, so this knock is on wood. Uh, in uh, my desk is not made of wood, unfortunately. Uh, do I have? Oh, I, I reached for a fireplace. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, this is. Allegedly carbon fiber. I don't believe it. Uh, in Avalon, uh, in the village of Jackdaw's Nest, Otherworld burns under the iron rule of Merlin, Omniversal Magister, and his loyal knights, led by King Arthur. His furies raise even his own lands to the ground in search of witch breed. 
or mutants, as they're known back home. But back home, death is less of a problem. Joshua Anglehard, the Jersey Devil. He isn't from here, but he likes it here. Krakoan, by way of Hoboken. And he's praying he isn't alone. So out from a haystack, the Jersey Devil follows a psychic butterfly uh, away from the Furies, who look like... If, the, if you There's were asked, sentinels. Right, if you were asked to redesign sentinels... Uh, It'd be fucking terrifying. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what these would fucking look like. Uh, they have eyes, but, like, no face. Yes. They just have eyes, and they hunt superpowered people. They're different from sentinels in the sense that they don't just sense the X gene. They sense anybody with superpowers. However, in this moment, they are only hunting, quote-unquote, witch breed, yeah. a.k.a. the mutants. They look like... Um, What's his name? Uh, Deadshot. They look like his mask. They do. Like on a sentinel. Is the easiest way to explain what this, these look like. And uh, they're like as big as a house. They're fucking huge. Bigger than a house. One is setting way a house big. on fire and is Yeah, they're way bigger than a house. Um, and so this uh, sentinel locks on and shoots sentinel. Fury. Fuck it. Robot. Uh, <laughs> We're fucking homophobic robots in the story we did for the Pride Special last year. <laughs> Uh, now we're sentinels in that book. <laughs> um, Captain Britain st- rides in on a horse to save the day, uh, and grabs Josh and tells him, "Like, hey, there's no way back home to Kokoa. The gates destroyed. Uh, the Starlight Citadel is under Merlin's control, uh, and he rules it far more cruelly than Saturnine ever did." Uh, it's now called the Lunatic Citadel, which is nuts. And uh, Arthur hates mutants because his son is a mutant, and he is worried that his son is going to uh, kill him. Uh, As Mordred is wont to do in the Arthurian legend. Yeah. Uh, In his simple mind, as uh, Captain Britain puts it, mutants stole his son and his kingdom. Uh, They did kind of steal his kingdom. It's it's also literal text. They did kind of take it. Yes, but the subtext of mutant stole my son by making him a mutant. Huh. What does that sound like? How dare they convert my son to be a mutant? It must be all of those mutant displays in Target. The mutant that agenda. Must be what did it. They're putting X gene in the water. And making the frogs mutants. That's just uh, a null. That's just what Magneto's strategy in the 60s was. What if, and hear me out, uh, I'd set off a bunch of nuclear bombs. And kick-started mutation. Hey, he was following Krakoa's first law, make Man, more mutants. Eric, that's the dumb. Eric, that's the dumbest fucking plan I've ever heard. <laughs> Charles, your plan is not much better. <laughs> We're the future, not them. Uh, and so, so uh, on Pegasus back, Captain Britain, uh, Captain Britain, who we find out here is actually Captain Bretland, uh, not Betsy. 
well, Betsy, but an alternate Betsy. Right. Uh, because there are as many Captain Britons as there are worlds in the multiverse. And you as you are probably familiar with, you know what? It's like Spider-Verse. I was you know how say, there are all those spider people? There are all these Captains Britain. In in the original Spider-Verse event, the leader of, like the person in the Miguel O'Hara role is named Billy Braddock. He is his universe's Captain Britain who was also bitten by a radioactive spider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hell fucking yeah. Also, uh, one more quick bit of backstory. Uh, Betsy Braddock has a twin brother. His name is Brian Braddock. He was the original Captain Britain for a very long time. But he has put down the mantle because he does not believe that he is worthy to carry it anymore. Uh, and he is now Captain Avalon, and he is a defender of the realm, but he's not Captain Britain. He's a wife guy now. The he's Captain a family Avalon man. Suit is very good. Captain Avalon suit slaps. So now Betsy, who has actually been Captain Britain before, even back in the 80s, she was Captain Britain for a little while. Um, that did not end well for her. She got no. her eyes ripped oh, out. Is that why she loses her eyes? <laughs> yes, I've read that issue. It's fucking brutal. Um, it's gross it's not on the panel but like you ooh, you know you know what the fuck just happened anyway so she's been captain britain before and she's now captain britain again and so because she is captain britain all the alternate universe ones are alternate universe versions of her right we cannot do the full thing again because it took a while the first time but betsy braddock who used to be psylocke is not an asian lady she's a white lady what very, very white British aristocracy. She was Asian for 30 years. She is not Asian anymore. She should never have been Asian in the first place, in my it opinion. All, it all happened but, because of two factors. Jim Lee drew the shit out of that design. Fabian Nicieza was missing the issue that implied that this was actually some manner of illusion. Yeah. So now Psylocke is... The original Asian body, who is a full person named Canon, she gets to go be Sidelock. She's a war captain on Krakoa. She's very cool. She's awesome. We love her. Read Hellions. Hellions is great. She's in Hellions. And this is Captain Britain, Betsy Braddock, a character who has existed since like the 70s. And she is a white lady with light purple hair. Uh, correct. Uh, Elspeth Braddock, the Captain Britain of Earth 13059, is the Corps' most powerful seer. Her focused totality reaches out in an attempt to contact Earth 616, uh, Betsy's home, uh, and she sees the Krakoans waiting for her, uh, but they cannot reach her. They wait for her, and she is busy, getting wine thrown at her by her boss, Opaluna Saturnine. Her, her brother's or the alternate universe version of her brother's dead ex-girlfriend, who hates her because she isn't her brother, and she would really, really, really like to fuck Brian. So, no, we established before, she really, really, really wants Brian, Brian to, to fuck, fuck her. her. She's not doing any of the work. <laughs> she wants Brian to put her ankles behind her ears, but she is not getting on top. No. No, she is not. No. And she specifically wants Brian to leave his lovely wife, Megan, who is in this book, 
and fuck her instead. The um, funniest part about and that she... is that Megan is a shapeshifter, so it's like, if Brian really wanted to fuck, uh, she's like an empathic shapeshifter at that. If Brian really yeah. wanted to fuck Saturnine, Megan would look like Saturnine. Megan would look like Saturnine. But Megan looks like Megan. Megan looks like Megan. Right, exactly. Because Brian is not interested in her. He's interested in his wife. He loves his wife. Um, he loves his wife so much. Uh, the entire... You should go read Ten of Swords. But the entire Ten of Swords event is kicked off because... Because Opal Luna Saturnine wants to fuck Brian so badly. That is... That's... She the impetus needs, behind all of Ten of Swords. She needs, she needs that D. <laughs> Jesse is laughing so hard that her face is pink right now. Your face and your shirt are the same color right now. Oh, she's gross. Woo! Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, she throws this wine. True, real housewife style. Not she, not tossing the liquid out of it. Whole cup. She yeets the whole thing. She's throwing it out like she's throwing the first pitch at a fucking Mariners game. Yeah, she is. She's going for it. Uh, and, and they also, I don't think we've mentioned it in this version of the recording yet. These two need to fuck oh, it out. Oh, there's like a real so, like palpable hate fuck energy in this room here. Yes, yes. Betsy and Saturnine just need to bang. This has been true every single time these two have been alone in a room together, and sometimes when other people are around. Like every time they interact at the end of Excalibur, and they should have fucked in the rowboat. They didn't. I don't know why. It was the perfect opportunity. They should have just gotten it out of their system. They were stuck in an endless ocean in a rowboat for a little while. Here's the thing. What else is there to do? So I'm going to roll over with your boss for presumably the end of all time. We might as well rock, paper, scissors, see, see what's happening here. Uh, the problem, I think, without being crude, I think the problem is that neither of them are getting on top. This is entirely valid. Yeah. <laughs> Logistically. Logistically. Like, Logistically, sure these so two are probably not compatible. Like, I, I think... The subject was broached of like, damn, we've been out here for a while. I haven't, I haven't gotten any in weeks. And it's like, well, no, I'm not. It's just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, they're just like not going to, neither of them are going to go for it. Uh, God damn. What a bummer. I mean, it's a what bummer. What a bummer. For, it's a bummer for one of them. Uh, the other winds up pretty okay here. Yeah, uh, it does work out. Uh, and Betsy's like, look, I'm I'm sorry your stolen throne hasn't been returned to you rapidly enough, Highness. Acting as your general without a true army leaves with me with something of a permanent migraine. Uh, and so they're, they're just arguing back and forth. And she's like, where's your powers? Your great magic. We are exhausted. You exhaust me. Uh... Wild thing to say to your boss. Yes, but what she did. You exhaust me. Listen, if I said that to my boss tomorrow, uh, she would kindly escort me from the building and tell uh, my coworkers to not let me back in. Uh, Opaluna Saturnine does not have any magic anymore because all of the magic. 
Well, our power was in the Starlight Citadel, which is now the Lunatic Citadel. Before it fell, though, she put all of the power into the Starlight Sword, which she intended to give to Brian, but Betsy stole it instead. Whoops. So Betsy now has all of the power of the Starlight Citadel. Also, worth mentioning, her great plan for how do I get rid of Betsy? How do I er- eliminate her from the equation? Was have her fight uh, uh, someone who can't lose. Yeah, fight Iska the Unbeaten. Whose power is Holy fuck. Her power is just, I, I, I win. Uh, Which she has still never lost. Like <laughs> The funniest use with... of her powers is in X-Men Red. When, uh, you know what, just go read it. Yeah, the sunspot. <laughs> sunspot basically traps her in a fucking logic circle. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it ends. It ends in her like disgusting lover of a hundred years getting his head imploded <laughs> because sunspot is an asshole. <laughs> he immediately breaks his neck for it. By oh, the way, yeah. she's just oh. like you, fucking bitch. Is it worth? He came back. Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Sunspot in X-Men Red is incredible, but that's because Al Ewing loves Sunspot more than life itself. Yeah, his, his Sunspot rules. Uh, just, a, just a chaos bisexual working from the shadows, doing whatever the fuck he wants. Incredible. <laughs> Wear these fucking when, Miami Vice suits. When are Sunspot and Nova gonna get on, is my question. Listen. It's my, it's my new agenda. Those two need to fuck. Nova's name is Dick Ryder. <laughs> it writes it, it writes itself there's also the third in their little thruple Kobach never held make him Kobach always held he's <laughs> <laughs> lonely help him out oh. you read X-Men Red um, uh, so, Betsy goes after to, this disastrous fight Betsy goes to uh, Betsy god Betsy goes Betsy. to <laughs> Betsy that's how Rogue Betsy. says it. <laughs> Betsy. Betsy. Uh, she goes to see Roma, who is only wearing a robe here because uh, this comic had to be uh, published with a without a mature T rating. T plus. T yeah. for teen rating. Because uh, this woman for sure is not. Like, like, here's the thing. She's sitting here wearing a robe with clearly nothing under it. The um, V of this robe, like, it ties so low that you should see pubic hair. Like, it's like, so, it's such a deep V. Goes uh, all the way down. Like, she she is lounge, lounging around like a woman in a Bond film. The entire, mm-hmm. like... Champagne, plate of grapes. Like, this, she looks like a scene from Diamonds Are Forever. This whole fucking book. Um, but yeah, she gives Betsy some champagne... Uh, Betsy says that she's been drinking rainwater for months. They're really the war is not going well. It's going poorly. She's like, look, it's I going a... badly. She said, I need an army, Roma. Like, I haven't one to give. We in my floating kingdom hate my father more than most, but but he and his people, like mine, are fey. That means we're creatures of story, wild by nature, loving, not unlike you mutants. Merlin rules his people with an iron fist, and we Fey do hate iron. Wonderful line. Yes. Many of my own citizens were the first to die, Captain. I have no soldiers for you. And she says, well, what if I don't want fairy soldiers? What if I want my own from Kakoa? 
Uh, now that's an interesting prospect. He's like, I would only need to plant a gate, and there, there are hundreds who would come through, I'm sure. This, if <laughs> You want the might of Krakoa crushing against you? Get fucked on. Like, Yeah. Yeah. No, truly. It's like, you don't want this heat. That's why in Ten of Swords, they had to limit it to only bringing ten fucking people, because otherwise it would be a problem. Go read Ten of Swords. Yeah, like, <laughs> because I'm, they do eventually bring the Might of Krakoa to Ten of Swords, and it's a problem I, for the people they're fighting. Not even like a, like a hundred of them. You could just you could make do with like forty. You could <laughs> yeah, just get together like five different teams, get all the teams to show up at once, yep. and then like you're good. Get um, me. Get me. <laughs> Can Sink, I can't remember, can Sink use multiple people's powers at the same time now, or is that still something? It rapidly ages him and is a problem. I don't okay. think he can do multiple simultaneously, okay. though. Okay, so that's something that, that Hope yeah. can still do. Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking I think... too much about the logistics of the powers. I'm like, what if he uses Hope's powers? <laughs> oh, no, I don't, I don't think that would work, because they're very clear that, like, Hope is weird. It, it, they mention that in Sins of Sinister, this is the only thing I'll say about that, is that there can only be one Hope at a time that, like, they attempt... Sinister attempts to clone Hope. It does not work. She's got to be fucking dead in order for you to make another Hope. Everybody else, you can just make infinite copies. But, like, there is something about Hope that there cannot be two of her at once. And there is something weird with Resurrection. She is apparently very hard to resurrect. She, You can. You can do it. But, like, it's rough. Um, How very Rachel of you, Hope. <laughs> Exactly. I was about to say, like, Hope came back and ate Rachel's fucking or Hope showed up and ate Rachel's fucking lunch. This is what Rachel was supposed to be before yes, uh, she went over to, to England to go be a dyke. Um, they, you know what? It all works out for Rachel. I'm yeah. not complaining. This is good. This is a good direction for her. Hope can have it. Hope can go have Exodus being her weird, zealous lapdog. I fucking love the way Exodus is to Hope. He's so funny. <laughs> you got... If you haven't read Sins of Sinister, you should read Sins of Sinister. Yeah, I should read it. Um, it's not all on Marvel Unlimited yet, but, like, it will be soon. I have it in physical copies. And, like, if you like their dynamic, you should read Sins of Sinister. Yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, I'll say. Uh, Roma tells... Uh, Tells her, like, look, hey, so fairy magic isn't like that. It's all part of stories. Great journeys and the brave and foolish heroes who take them. But I do love the story of you mutants. While I can't merely wave my hand and grant your wish, I can give you all a quest. And so Richter sits straight up in bed and goes, and wakes Shatterstar up and goes, hey, something's happening. Magic stuff. Pants on. Uh, Which I love. I love because it, first of all, both of them, shirtless implied sleeping fully nude and i just love that like <laughs> imagine being woken up by your significant other who just shakes you and is just like put your pants on magic shit's happening get up let, let me tell you something uh richter and shadowstar are braver than i because i get nervous uh sleeping next to somebody naked because i might fart um and that just feels rude it's a <laughs> It just feels rude to fart on somebody in your sleep. Uh, These two have been through so much together. I don't think farting is their main problem. Uh, true. Um, also, when we were when we were uh, talking about doing this, I pointed out like I was like I always thought it was weird that their I felt like their sexuality should have been flipped 
that Richter should be bi and Shatterstar should be gay because Shatterstar seems to only, for a long time, only, like, care about Richter. And Richter is, like, into girls. And then you pointed out the women that Richter has dated. It's Boo-Boo and Rain. It's very, very interesting. It's like he's dating women as self-harm. Um... Because, like, Boom Boom in 93, there's nothing going on good there. No, and also Rain. Rain is not a self-harm choice. Rain is a safe choice because she's not going to pressure you to fuck her. Except for when she did. That was years later. Years later. Because when they're fucking dirty. I'm talking 90s. I'm talking 90s. When they first started together. It's like, give me the good Christian girl. Yes, she's who, she's the one who isn't gonna do shit. She has to go be all weird for a little while, um, and then come Ray, back. Ray then, probably made him take a purity pledge. Probably, and you know what? For him, scared of fucking women. You know what? That probably worked out just fine. Like, oh, I promise to not have sex with you. Great, that works out very well for me. Uh, Poor as, guy. As a wise man. Uh, in the film How High once said, don't be scared. It's his only pussy. <laughs> I want you to know that is the exact scene that my Discord icon is from. Have you seen that movie? I don't know anything about that movie. Uh, but the, it's really fucking funny. Here's the plot of the movie in 30 seconds. Method Man oh, and Red Man of the Wu-Tang Clan uh, smoke method man's dead friend's ashes which have were left they put the he puts the ashes in a plant or in in a weed plant uh and they smoke it and when they smoke it they can see his ghost who then gives them the answers to get into harvard purple i'm looking at myself in a little camera <laughs> i am i'm not a correct color right now <laughs> I'm laughing so hard they they uh, and there's a scene in that movie where their roommates who are like this very nerdy white dude and like a, a transfer student from from china i think are like they basically buy them prostitutes uh and oh <laughs> hence the line and so they're like nervous and he says don't be scared it's only pussy <laughs> Richter and that's the not to like shame Richter for Richter boo you shouldn't you should have fucked these girls when you clearly don't want to fuck them but Richter was trying really hard to project the yeah man I'm a ladies man tough I'm tough I fuck full girls. of machismo I fuck girls all the time. And then it's like, okay, then why are you dating Boom Boom, who is gonna who clearly is more in, not really that into you, and Rain, who is who you were never not going gonna to fuck have anyone. To fuck, who's not gonna fuck? And then you spend an awful lot of time hanging out with Shatterstar in the nineties. Spend a lot of time with Shatterstar. Now, Baby Decias' intention was that Shatterstar was going to be into Richter and Richter wouldn't reciprocate uh yeah i heard that interview uh, which i can respect because the whole point was supposed to be like it's okay if your friends are gay 
and don't you don't have to be weird friends. about it. Don't be weird. It to was your gay supposed friends. to be. It was supposed to be like you can still be friends with people if they're gay. It's fine, but I'm pretty sure he also said in that interview he's like, but I like where they took it because yes. this works. She's like, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh. So Richter and Shatterstar are um, my my sweet gay boys, uh, as Brock has mentioned in a previous recording of this. I mean, I. I love a depressed gay comic book character. Oh, there's a sad little gay boy. There's a sad little gay boy all over him. See every single episode I have ever done on this podcast. There is either a lesbian or a sad little gay boy. Uh, Sometimes, like this today, both. uh, Bay the Blood Moon, who was introduced in Ten of Swords, gets up here. She is uh, a large wife Doug, of Doug Ramsey. Doug Ramsey's large wife. Um, I think they She's cool as to, shit. I think somebody calls Doug Bay's boy husband. <laughs> You're right. Um, which she's very tiny in comparison. He's so he is so small next to her. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I have to check. Um, I'm pretty sure when. That first came out. I abs- uh, I tweeted the phrase, uh, me and who, with a picture of that. <laughs> uh, or it was either that or a picture of Bay the Blood Moon with, if you look like this, please DM me. One of the two. Also, they love each other so much. Doug and, and Bay love each other so much. Holy shit. Yes. Um, they met and got married within five minutes. In Ten of Swords. They met on the altar yes. in Ten of Swords. That was their challenge. Instead of having a duel, because Doug would have died, he, instead of having a duel, his challenge is get married to this lady who you've never met before. And he lifts the veil and he's like, oh, she's pretty. He says, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, like, abs- <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that yes. picture where somebody's grabbing a microphone and goes, wood, that's Doug. <laughs> yes. He's like, sign me up for life? Yes. Um, and then the next person is Gambit, who looks very sad. Um, and he's looking at a note from Rogue, because Rogue is on the X-Men at this period in time. And it's a note from Rogue saying, like, don't wait up for me. I'm not going to be home. Like, is I'm it, busy. I'm yes, so sorry. Should. Well, uh, working late. Don't wait up. She signs the note as share, which is adorable. Which is... I know, uh, and she calls him Shug. She addresses she it to Shug. Uh, Gambit should be sitting here listening to Ain't No Sunshine. <laughs> Maybe it's on, and you just can't hear it. He's he it he looks so sad. He said, and I he know, looks... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. He, he looks so sad. Um and then Rachel is sprinting with Amazing Baby, the war wolf puppy that Betsy, <laughs> gave, Betsy her gave her. Because, wow, uh, what a way to woo a woman. Hi, would you like a puppy? Would you like a dog? <laughs> um, from my understanding of lesbians, that you guys just do that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know very, I'm a cat person. <laughs> you move in very quickly and adopt pets together, like, quickly? So I've been told. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, uh, though, I would like to do, know. You know what? That actually, that does describe a couple I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it for a second. I was like, do I actually know anyone that did that? And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, 
I, I would like to point out that Rachel senses Betsy and gets up. No shoes. Runs, sprints to, to find her. It. No shoes on. She said, I, I do not have time to put my fucking boots on. I gotta go. Yeah. And she's wearing the x ray uniform, which tells me she's running from the fucking boneyard? Yeah. Sprinting. Uh, uh, and... They show up at the place, the summoning circle made out of uh, rock slides, dead bodies, <laughs> um, which are the stones for it, if you recall, because it, it was made in Ten of Swords. Um, is it and also made from the... No, that's the... the it's rock there, slides, dead body. What was the one that Apocalypse made out of the externals? That's the external gate. That's closed. Okay, got it. Yeah. This is the special Ten of Swords one where you stand on the ten little spots and then it teleports you. It's not yeah. like a gate that you can run through. Yeah, that was the external gate. That was uh, Richter help him helped him kill a bunch of people and trap them in <laughs> giant crystals to go become a gate. Um, I'm pretty sure the external gate's on Araco nowadays, but I'm not caught up with Legion of X, so I think it's there. Araco anyway, you flat scans is Mars. Yes, they terraformed it, and now it's Araco. Um, so Betsy's here now on Krakoa, um, and Rachel is so fucking happy. Yeah, like, so relieved. Betsy, you're back. You're alive. And then uh, Richter says an incredible line, which is, did you kick every single ass in Otherworld? He's like, oh, not remotely. <laughs> uh, I can only take 10 of you. And Gambit's like, I'm not doing another tournament, dog. <laughs> not another time, man. He says, no, Gambit, nothing like that. It's more like a quest. And Megan, sign me the fuck up. Let's do it. I've seen He's these like, on TV. Brian can, Brian can take care of the kid. Oh, they have a daughter named Maggie. She's two, but she's got the brain of like an adult woman, basically. She's like a super genius, which is how they get around the giving superheroes children thing. So like she can't go into fights because she has no superpowers and she's two. But, but she's, a she's their battle the strategist. Yeah. Uh, she makes little models of like castles to describe defending them out of like juice boxes and toys. <laughs> and she describes like advanced battle strategies <laughs> while drinking juice boxes. She's adorable. Maggie's very cute. Uh, um, she's, I want to say as someone who has spent a lot of time around uh, a small child recently, there's nothing more terrifying to me than a child who is as smart as I am. That's that's to me the most horrifying part of Moira X is oh, the idea yeah. that for like the first like fifteen years of her life she has to just be a kid, but she's technically five hundred years old. Horrifying. Yeah, uh, like my girlfriend has a three year old who I love with my whole heart. She's adorable, but part of it is that um, she's a kid and says dumb kid yeah. things yeah. Uh, that are very silly and adorable for a child to say. Can you imagine if a child walked up to you and started just speaking, like, full sentences? Horrified. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> not not good. Le less cute. No. More terrifying. Yeah, uh, start of a horror movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, isn't that the plot of or Orphan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch horror movies. Do I look like someone who can watch a horror movie? People surprise me. I can't. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so Betsy convinces all these people to go on a quest. That's right. the summary. Yep. Uh, and so 
Richter goes, is this like the quest for the Holy Grail? And Betsy responds with ellipses like a Persona character. Yes. Like a slight pause, like, uh, yeah, actually, that's a really good... <laughs> you might learn something. Also, and I really like that his response to that is like, I read. He's like, I'm serious, I've been reading this whole time. And she's just like, oh, okay. Uh, He's been studying. The funniest part of this is that... Uh, oh, this... Shatterstar goes... Are you going to see Shatterstar? Goes, I don't, I don't count, count often. often. But there are not ten of us here. Uh, and he's definitely holding up... Also... Like, he's holding, like, seven fingers. There are definitely eight of them here. Also, the way that he's holding up his fingers is that he doesn't have all five fingers of one hand up and then starts on the other one. He's got, like, four <laughs> fingers on one hand and, th- like, like, three on the other. <laughs> and it's... It's the funniest. <laughs> this this man, this man is a himbo. This man is a dumb jock. He is a sunshine boy who just really loves. He likes two things. He likes stabbing people and he likes Richter. That's it. These are, these are his That's hobbies. it. <laughs> these are his hobbies, which is why he doesn't count often. He doesn't need to. I mean, he doesn't count. This man doesn't have a job. My job is stabbing things. Uh, we get a data page that is an email from Richter to Cypher and Bay. Uh, it says, Hey, Doug and Bay, thanks for having Star and I over for dinner the other night. That was fun. Nice to chat with Bay about the situation in o- Otherworld. It got me thinking. I've had this book for a while and I haven't asked for any help. There's a reason for that. Uh, it felt like it was my own to fig- my own to figure out after a long time. When I got this thing after parentheses apocalypse left, I was under the impression that it was his it was his study of magic for thousands of years, and some of it is pretty old, but some of it seems pretty new. If he left some sort of semi-recent message, I think it's important that I figure it out. Uh, all my magic studies can't help me with a language I don't know, so you're the man, Doug. Is there's anything you can't figure out? Yeah, right. Ask the wife for me, and say hi, too. Uh, they go to Arbor Magna, uh, and so they're looking for... They're Which is where to, they resurrect people. Right, with the eggs. They're getting the five to resurrect Mordred, uh, son of Arthur. Uh, and it's like, uh, it should be a pretty standard resurrection. It's not going to be as flawless as if we were getting it from Cerebro, but we're here to help them understand the magical bits. Uh, we know he's got... And they team. pour in... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and they're like, okay, let's pour in the waters from Otherworld. The only surviving record of Mordred's mutant spirit. If anything will bring a version of him back to us, it's this. And they can see him forming in the egg. And we know he's in there. Yes. And so Hope points out, like, hey, if you're using something from Otherworld as his backup, we might get a different version entirely. Uh, it's like, yeah, we thought about it. Open it up. Uh, and uh, he's not fucking there. It's uh, just a puddle of water. Yeah, and Proteus is like, no, there was definitely somebody there. Uh, but they can't wait any longer and head back. Um, Jubilee is, is sitting next to the gate uh, with her son, Shogo, who is... Uh, Another example of why you should never give a baby to a superhero. Never give Good a fucking baby. God. Shogo is introduced... When Jubilee is a vampire. Yeah, this is a long time ago. It was it was like 15 years ago almost. Shogo is still like a baby. 
He's still wearing onesies and like spitting up on himself. Yeah, like he is. He is a baby, baby. Uh, but when Shogo goes to Otherworld, he turns into a dragon. Yes. Because he's a child that has pure imagination. And when you go to Otherworld, your clothes change into, like, your own perception of yourself. And Shogo has the perception of himself being a colossal dragon because he's a child. And he has these little thought bubbles that are little crayon drawings of him as a happy, cute dragon having friends and going on adventures. And so Shogo is asleep right now and has been asleep for the entire time the Jubilee has been back from Otherworld because he misses flying. Because yeah. he misses Otherworld, and Jubilee is very, very, very worried about him. She's yeah. just like, he won't wake up, I'm terrified, no one can do anything, not even the psychics can fix him, like, I think he needs to go back to Otherworld. I don't want him to go back, because it would put him in danger, but, like, I think he's gotta go back to Otherworld, maybe they can help us. Yeah, maybe Roman So she signs up. Uh, so, the people standing there, just to refresh, Betsy, Jubilee, holding Shogo, uh, Richter, Shatterstar, Gambit, uh, uh, Megan, Beth, uh, Rachel, Rachel, still not wearing shoes, uh, and Bay. Uh, and so they head off in the other world, and uh, their quest begins. Yes, uh, but when they arrive, Jubilee not here. Uh, fucking weird. Uh, and Bay the Blood Moon says, not every quest is for everyone. This is not for her, but for her son. But she would not have let him come along without her. Fairy magic is clever and often cruel. Uh, Rachel gets sick fire priestess armor. Her hair is on fire. She has fire all over her body. She used to do this in like the late 80s, early 90s when she was on original Excalibur. That was like a thing. She was Phoenix. And not only was she Phoenix, she was like literally on fire phoenix yeah a lot because she had the phoenix force at the time uh and she hasn't been able to be on fire in a really long time so it's very nice to see her on fire again yeah also note nobody has ever been the phoenix longer than rachel was yeah, she was phoenix for a very long time she was phoenix for like 15 years like she becomes phoenix in like 84 85 yeah. and has it until like 2000 2001 yeah, but now the Phoenix has, like, breached containment, and now it just is a Marvel thing and not an X-Men thing. Yep. Breached containment, God. Uh, and so, uh... Oh, so this is where it starts being... Not starts. This is where it continues being... And... Sorry, you froze for a sec. Oh, okay. Uh, Betsy is the one who compliments Rachel's armor. Yep. And says that it's lovely, specifically. Yeah. Uh, the forces of Merlin arrive uh, to try and fuck up the newly arrived witch breed. Uh, while this is going on, Kailun, who rules, Kailun is so sick, uh, ju jumps out of the trees and slits a dude's throat with a big shtuck. So Kylon looks like a kitty cat man. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a he's fucking thundercat, basically. He's he's a thundercat, uh, but his mutant power is not to be a thundercat. His mutant power is that he can mimic any sound he hears, which is awesome in a comic book because it means that he just speaks in sound effects when he wants to. And anytime an enemy or like a different character has like a 
unique speech bubble where they have their own unique font or unique color or something, he can talk that if he wants to. So he uses that later and it's pretty cool. But like that is his mutant power That's is amazing. that he can go like skrush and yeah. like use that. It's great. It's very sick. Yeah. Uh, and so he teams up with them. Uh, they're like, hey, we're looking for a mutant and you know the world better than anyone else. Uh, Shatterstar immediately fucking likes Kylon. He's he's literally just like a warrior man who just slit someone's throat in front of me. Yes, I want to be his best friend. I want to hang out with this fucking guy all the time. Yeah, he literally just says like, I like this Kylon. Uh, and so uh, she uh, Betsy jumps on Shogo's back and flies away, and there's a cute little. A uh, crayon drawing of Betsy on Shogo's back. And there's hearts around Shogo's face and he's smiling and he's just like, yay, adventure! Adventure with Aunt Betsy, yay! Uh, he's they, so cute! They fly to distract the uh, the Furies to guide some of them off it. Uh, and while all this is going on through all the fighting and everything, uh, Betsy gets Shogo to fly, to basically cause the Furies to run into each other, uh, which draws the attention of uh, of King Arthur. Uh, While King Arthur is looking up at the sky, a mysterious black knight is cutting his way through the enemy forces towards the mutants. Who could this mysterious black knight be? Could it be a mutant we literally just resurrected and still haven't seen yet? Maybe! <laughs> it's like, well, if the look on Arthur's face is right, that's probably Mordred. Uh, and Gambit no, is, like, moving. <laughs> Gambit this, is sitting down. You sent me this panel. <laughs> it's so good. Because uh, Bay is talking to him, and she says, Like myself, you left your beloved in the other realm. I think on mine with every moment. They think of us the same. And he says, Yeah, well, Rogue's real busy right now, ain't she, Bay?" Maybe maybe Gambit got stuff to do, too. <laughs> I relate to this line so hard because right now, the girl I'm dating is on vacation in Europe. And I read that, and I was just like, maybe Jesse got stuff, <laughs> maybe to, Jesse do got stuff to do, too. <laughs> <laughs> she's having fun, but also like, maybe Jesse got stuff to do, too. <laughs> and they, they walk up to the Black Knight who takes his helmet off. And bends the knee to Betsy right away. Yeah, immediately uh, offers up a sword and is just like, I went to go see my dad, but the entire army attacked me, and I don't know what's going on, but I think you're my ally. And he's so young now. Like, he's he's like 20. He's Yeah, he's... He's got facial hair, so he's not like a teenager teenager, but like, this guy's young. He's at oldest, like early 20s. Yeah. He's just, he's confused. He's uh, very confused. Yeah. Uh, Betsy puts the starlight sword to his throat and says, it seems only fair I explain to you how you came to be here and you answer some personal questions for me and my friends. But understand that my questioning can be quite firm. Damn. And this is when we find out what the quest is actually about. 
because Come, from the heavens comes the siege perilous or a vision of it yeah uh, in an item that is kind of a portal kind of a gem kind of a mirror it's many things the important thing is that when you pass through it you are forever changed and you are confronted with yourself yeah weird crazy visions the true meaning of yourself and you come out different not better necessarily sometimes, but different sometimes you come out pretty happy you, you come out esteemed artist uh, peter nicholas yes other times you come out genosian magistrate, magistrate. <laughs> and then like other times havoc. you wash you wash up somewhere in asia and are taken up by the hand who then body swap you with an asian woman <laughs> for asian 30 woman. years 30 years <laughs> So then it strikes a lightning bolt on the ground in the shape of an X, and they understand that their quest, because this is a quest, yeah. is to find the Siege Perilous, which is basically the mutant Holy Grail. They call it that a lot. Yeah. Um, all of this is being witnessed by Merlin, who's like, well, the Siege Perilous can only be claimed by the Holy, so Arthur, you're fucked, but you can steal it. <laughs> Arthur, And then there's a map suck. of Otherworld. Yeah, the, the 14 zones of Otherworld. Or is that fourteen? There are fourteen key points. Yeah, there are there are ten. Yeah. Spots. But on there. point one are Avalon, oh, or eight. Krakow, or or Krakoa, eight? the Avalon Gate, uh, and uh, Avalon itself are one, two, and seven on the first spot. Uh, there's Dryador, Sevalith, Mercator, uh, the Holy Republic of Fey in Zone Ten, uh, which is where Roma is. Yeah. Well, no, Roma is in uh, is on the floating kingdom of Roma Regina. Oh, sorry. One of the, one of them's Roma. One of them's the one that sounds less free is Merlin's. Yes. Yeah. The Holy Republic is, is Merlin's. Uh, there's the Crooked Market. Yeah. Uh, and what is he not? Oh, Mercator. Um, and the Lavender Keep on uh, on Regina Island. Regina. Damn it. <laughs> Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, so on it, to issue two. On to we issue two. we gotta keep it moving. It took us two hours when we were here. Issue two. Yeah, we lost an hour of that. Yeah. Uh, issue Your two. listener, we we plowed through it. We had to repeat the entire first issue. Our bad. My bad, mostly. That's on me. I was about to say I don't control those buttons. Uh, and it's the, can you can you quickly verify that it is still recording? I, I did. Yes, we are. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and Merlin is fucking pissed. He says, "You, we had the witch breed on the ropes, you pathetic fools. Captain Britain was in hiding, reduced to scraping by and soothing her failure with rescue missions. Soon enough, we would have killed her, and the Lady Saturnine would be my prisoner. Personally emptying the contents of my chamber pot at my beck and call, she would have been my janitor, cleaning piss from my toilet. <laughs> That but last part was an exaggeration. But now Bredick has brought mutants. I blame you, leaders of the provinces, failing to clean your own streets of witch breed. I can hardly trust you. Two of your number are even mutants yourselves. That mysterious Mr. M seals his province and then refuses to bend the knee to the omniversal magister. Who knows what he could be building in there? Anything to say on behalf of your leader? Hmm. 
Know then, the legendary Merlin restores order to Otherworld, and your witch-breed leader cannot thank me with, for my mercy with a visit. You there, Jim Jaspers, you're a witch-breed. Perhaps you should answer for the other one. Merlin, you old coffin dodger. Why are you having a laugh? Mercado's a loon. I don't know what he's up to. Jim Jaspers. Jim is the most terrifying motherfucker in the multiverse. <laughs> He is reality cancer. Jim Jasper is a character that nobody could use for like 30 years. <laughs> because Alan Moore was fucking pissed. Yeah, he's the reason that the adversary exists uh, in Fall of the Mutants. Rome yeah. is there. It's supposed to be a big Captain Britain thing. And they couldn't use Jim Jasper. So he, Claremont made the adversary because yeah. Jim Jasper was copyright stuff. Um, Isn't that also why he makes Jamie a reality warper? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. I don't. I do not recall. Jamie Braddock, um, the other Braddock sibling. I'm pretty sure that's why Nimrod shows up is because he wanted to use the Fury and could, but he yes. couldn't. So he made Nimrod. Nimrod. Which listen, Fury's fucking terrifying. I understand why you'd want to use those as your big bads. Um, Jim Jasper's. Another version of Jim Jaspers created the first Fury. And I should clarify, there are multiple Furies in this book. One single Fury fucking killed Captain Britain one time, and then he got brought back to life by Roma and Merlin. But, like, one Fury is fucking terrifying and, like, rips apart universes and is a problem. Um... And the Jim Jaspers that created that Fury died, but then the Jim Jaspers of 616 also became a problem. Jim Jaspers is a bad motherfucker to have around. But right now, he's just kind of this, like, chaos merchant guy who runs yes. a black market. He's like a and is just kind of... He, he's a fucking carnival barker. That's his entire vibe right now. And they mention later, but he's kind of like an amalgamation of all Jim Jaspers right now he's like kind of an anomaly he's he's a weird thing at the moment he's not any one jim jasper he's kind of all of them which is wild and he gets hauled away by the by the furies which is ironic yes um they have the furies have outgrown him and there's also Many of them, because every fury from every universe just decided they were all going to move to other world at the same time and start making more, which is terrifying. Yeah. So he gets basically like a power inhibiting collar slapped on him and dragged away. Right. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you'll regret this. Krakoa won't stand for it. Uh, Betsy sends a message back to uh, the Quiet Council. Uh, and they're like, hey, look, this is Siege Perilous. Uh, you were, <laughs> you have to tell Charles what the Siege Perilous is? Because he was out in space fucking on, uh... Landra. Landra. He was having sex with his wife. <laughs> Actually, I think he was just the, her consort. He was having sex with Landra in space, and Betsy was in charge of the team in the Outback, and she's like, listen, buddy, you weren't fucking there. And I did maybe psychically tell Havoc he had to jump through the Siege Perilous. But it saved our lives. Magneto was running the school because Charles was in space. Yep. Fucking, fucking an empress. Yep. 
Yes, he was. Uh, and so she has to explain this, but like Colossus and Storm and Nightcrawler sitting here looking bored because they know what the fuck it is already. Uh, like they were there, not Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler wasn't there. Yeah, but uh, Storm yeah. and Colossus were. Well, actually, Storm didn't go through the siege perilous because she got, she got like blown up and kidnapped by Nanny first. Yes. There was a uh, nanny in the orphan maker thing. Colossus has been through the siege perilous. We know that for fucking certain. He's just like, damn. I remember, I remember having a better life than this. I remember um, when I was just a, a happy painter instead of whatever the fuck this existence is. Read X-Force to find out what the fuck that existence is for Colossus. Some shit is going on in that man's life. Yep. Uh, and so uh, Charles is like, oh, yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, our hearts are with you. Thoughts and prayers, etc., etc." I'm, I'm exaggerating bursted. a little bit. That's basically what he says. Sorrows, prayers. Sorrows, sorrows, prayers. Julie busts in and pushes Charles aside. She's like, where's Just, my baby? Where's my kid? Where's Shugo? And Betsy's just like, listen, Jubes, I'm real sorry. I had no idea they weren't going to take you. Uh, he's good. He's fine. Please don't freak out. Yeah. Don't freak out, okay? Don't freak out. Uh, and so it's like, nothing's going to happen to him. I'm taking him to Roma for help, but I don't have much time. I don't know how long we can maintain this. It wasn't until Rachel arrived that I could create a circuit uh, powerful enough to send a message home. If Rachel's like, it's not that hard. It's like, you're exhausted. We're stopping. Uh, Rachel's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, and fucking before they hang up, Sinister's like, hey, if Mordred dies, bring me back some of his blood or something. Hair's fine. <laughs> because Mr. Sinister Which, is nothing if not a bastard. He is always a bastard. Once again, please read Sins of Sinister to find out just how much of a bastard he is. Yeah. This issue is titled Part 2, Never Split the Party. Yep. Learn this lesson, friends. Never split the party. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> Rachel immediately goes, whew, that was exhausting. She's like, I thought you were fine. She's like, you're such a pain, Betsy Braddock, I swear. When I saw... I saw Bob Quinn uploaded his pencils for this panel. Mm -hmm. He might have uploaded like the inks for it, actually. Yeah. I, I think he's doing the inks on it, too. Um, he uploaded like his work on this panel with no text, and I went, huh. Yeah, me too. I saw it. I had any speech bubbles. I didn't even know the context, and I was like, interesting. Interesting. Uh, just because just Betsy is, is looking her like at a look. Rachel. It's a very playful look. And also, Rachel looks very, very hot in this panel. This is also a very, good. very gay, very gay haircut. Shaved on the sides, like gelled on the top. Incredible. Rachel Incredible. Who is, who is, so I get it that they are. You can customize your shit on Krakoa, but most people aren't doing that. It's mostly just choir. Um, who are Krakoa? Emma, you know Emma. We uh, do that too. Yeah, it's true. Bring me back with the right nose. I swear to God. Yes. <laughs> I had to pay so much fucking money for this nose. Summers. <laughs> Natural <laughs> blonde this time. I don't want to keep dying it. She said, 
Hope if I come back and anything's wrong, I swear to God, I'm gonna fight your grandpa again. I will disrupt your grandparents' marriage so quickly. Also, Cyclops, grandfather at 35. Uh, he's younger than that. That's true. Rachel showed up first. Yeah, but Rachel's his kid. Yeah, but he didn't have a kid yet. Oh no, kid, not grandkid. kid. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Rachel shows up like a full ass adult or like a 19 year old, and he doesn't even have an infant child yet. Yeah, and then when when uh, Madeline gets pregnant with Nathan, Rachel's like, "Hey, wait, huh? What? Wait a second. Wait a second. Maybe wow. boy? Huh? Boy? Huh. Why is it not?" Why is it not me? And it's like, because you're the only yeah. you that you're the only you that ever was. Yep. You're the Good only God. Rachel there ever will be, and I hope they continue that. I hope Rachel never appears in a movie. That would be that'd be hysterical. Then, then I, or if they do, I hope it's like a motion comic version of this Rachel, like who is just like mixed media put in. Oh my gosh! Incredible. Uh, but yeah, she's the. She has no equivalent in any other universes. They mentioned right. this later, but like there are other people named Rachel Summers who are like the daughter of Jean and Scott, but they're not her. Like she is unique. Yes, she's um, the only Rachel that the only version of Rachel Summers that we know of. Yeah. So they look out the window after staring at each other longingly, uh, and they go tell Shogo, they're just like, your mom says hi, as he's just like this adorable dragon. And then they're distracted by the fact that Kylan is trying to stab Mordred. Kylan, a very kind, reasonable man, is being driven to extremes and yelling, beast, you dare? As he's like, he's, he carries two swords. He's very cool. Um, really trying to stab Mordred. Mordred does not know. A lot of dual welding. Mordred does not. Maybe that's why Shadowstar likes it so much. Yeah, because Mordred they... does not know what to do, and literally like takes a pot lid, like a the wooden lid of a bucket, and is like holding it above him like a shield. Like, please don't kill. Like, hey, stop trying to murder me. I don't know what's going on. Uh... Like, I, I don't know. Leave me alone. Uh, uh, but they can't spar for long. Right. Uh, and actually, they do switch. They're like, hey, babe, do you want to... Could you spar with him instead? Uh, and they're like, actually, guys, uh, we hear Mad Jim. We got to run out to the Crooked Market. And uh, they said, change your plans, friends. We'll need to send a team to the Crooked Market. Gam is your man. And we got a special delivery for my friends inside. I love Gambit. Ah, uh, Gambit. Also, I'm so glad that you can do the Gambit voice because I sure as shit can. <laughs> says, okay, team, Geraldine said, said, of course, clear. Miss Geraldine, you said you were going to take us all the way to the tavern where the undesirables like us are hanging out. Uh, that trap door should not look like a sh- uh, the store's <laughs> entrance to me. You're not trying to trick us, are you? You wouldn't do that to your pal, Gambit. Uh, he gives this lady a Pop Tart and she runs off. It's very adorable. She is so happy. This is like an old woman. Um, Gambit's deliveries are junk food from the United States of America. Um, So he brings Pop-Tarts, candy bars, bags of chips. Like, this is is what Gambit... Gambit was just like, listen, he woke up from his bed. He's like, I sense Otherworld shit going on. I gotta get my stash. Gotta bring it with me. The stash. Not drugs. Not alcohol. Not money. (laughs) Pop-Tarts. 
and strawberry pop tarts. Megan asks him, "You've done quite a bit for these people. Did you pack your coat with snacks before the ritual?" He said, "I didn't expect it to be this bad. Guy thought Gamble would be selling them, but they need my sweet charity." Well, nobody talks about him himself, the third person. I thought Gambit would be selling him. Gambit is like Bo Jackson. He will just occasionally refer to himself in the third person. Yeah, it was. He's like I Bender. thought Gambit would be selling him. Not Gambit thought Gambit. I thought Gambit in would the be same sell- sentence, switching the perspectives. <laughs> I thought Gambit would be selling him. They need Gambit's sweet charity. And then uh, Megan hugs him and says, "If Rogue were here, she'd tell you what a good man you are. So I will tell you." She hugs you, him. Thank you, Megan. I miss her. She misses you too. I just know it. She busy. She loves you. All right. <laughs> also, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna do many terrible British accents for. This I'm episode. gonna do the shitty Cajun one the whole time. It's fine. Because <laughs> my Cajun accent is not a Cajun accent. I'm doing Dusty Roads and making it French. <laughs> oh, I turn uh, the page and there's another cute crayon drawing of Shogo being a happy dragon. <laughs> yes. Uh, Those are my favorite fucking things. Meanwhile, yeah, back with uh, back with Roma. She is. She, God, why Roma, wear, her tits are out. Her tits Jesus are out. Christ. Why wear clothes? Why wear clothes? And the answer is because we have to sell this book to children. Uh, but Bob Quinn does draw the fuck out of this robe. It's very like flowing. It. I want a robe like that. That looks comfy as shit. And she, she tells her, like, you know, Shogo can be a very vital weapon in my in your war on my father. And she's like, yeah, but before he's a knight, he's Jubilee's son. Also, in the background of this page, uh, Richter and Shatterstar are sharing champagne while Mordred sits there sad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Richter and Shatterstar are, like, staring lovingly into each other's eyes, and Mordred has, like, his hand on his chin and is like, Hmph. That feel when no BF. <laughs> Listen, if he turns out to be a little gay boy, he's sad enough. <laughs> he meets the criteria. He's got the vibes. His dad tries to disown and kill him for being a mutant. Hopefully you can see the air quotes in your mind's eye, listeners. Have you tried just not, not being, being a mutant. mutant. <laughs> How fucking insane were they for that line in goddamn X2? X2 slaps, hey, by the way. Hey, that movie whips. Do you know who wrote the script for X2? No. David Hayter of Metal Gear Solid fame. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I had to double check, but I'm pretty sure he either wrote the first one or the second one. Yeah, he wrote the first one and co-wrote X2 and Watchmen. Oh my god. X2 is good, by the way. First one, eh. X-Men 3 The Last Stand, dog shit. Two, wonderful. Mostly because it contains multiple scenes where Mystique and Magneto are being catty old queens and laughing at people. And that, incredible. 10 out of 10, no notes. So in the scene, they're talking to Ro- <laughs> while he looks this up. They're talking to Roma Regina because they're basically like, "Hi, Shogo, big powerful dragon, really needs help learning how to be big powerful dragon. He needs training. He also like needs to learn how to 
not be asleep when he's not here because his mom misses him? Can you train him, please, in the magical ways? And Roma is like, your greatest weapon? Because Shogo is a fucking powerhouse. Like, yeah. Dragonfire can burn through realities. This has been mentioned in Excalibur. Like, you could use him as a mass weapon, and they're not. And she's like, you're leaving your weapon behind? And Betsy says something along, along the lines of, like, his quest is not our quest. Like, his quest can be different, and I want him to go on his quest, which is to learn. And Roma's like, very wise. Good job, Betsy Braddock. Absolutely, I'll teach him. Yes, yes, yes. And then she sends them off in a direction for the quest for reasons that are not important. Uh, she basically says, like, hey, uh, actually, no, she hears from Rachel. And Rachel's just like, hey, all the locals are talking about this thing called Blight Swill. It's something that, like, in low doses is basically like alcohol. Uh, one time it got Wolverine and Storm so drunk in Ten of Swords that they very nearly made out on panel. And listen, we all know that they have fucked behind the scenes. Correct. They have definitely gotten it on. But as, like, As Hickman said, everyone's fucking everyone in this fucking island. Everyone's fucking everyone. We know that they fucked before. But they get like a half inch away from like fully making out and then... Uh, and then fucking Wolverine gets teleported to his next challenge, but he's wasted. <laughs> Which was incredible. Um, so, like, it can get Wolverine drunk, A. And B, um, in concentrated doses, it's in the collar that's like a power inhibition collar um, that they have on Magic Jasper. So that's their clue to go find the source of the blight swell. And so they're going to... Oh, geez. Which province is that? Um, they're going to the place with the Blightspoke. There it is. They're going to Blightspoke, yes. which is currently uh, inhabited by a gajillion aliens called the Vescora, who jumped through a portal at the beginning of Ten of Swords in a cable issue. Uh, don't worry about it, but it, they are a horde of faceless aliens. They are here. They are here for Shatterstar to stab. That is their purpose in this book. Is they are here to be. It's the inverse ninja law. They are so many, specifically, so you can watch this man behead so many of them. Yes. Uh, He loves, I mentioned before, he loves two things in life. He loves stabbing people and he loves Richter. And both of those people, both those things are around him. He gets to stab people while Richter hangs out with him. This is an ideal day. Yeah, for him for Shatterstar. Great uh, day for Big Star. Uh, great. He's week. having a great time. <laughs> great week for Mister. I'm my own grandpa. Shatterstar <laughs> is his own grandfather. It's he said, is said on panel. Shatterstar yes. is his father's father uh, because yep. his father is Longshot, who in a time uh, paradox is a clone of Shatterstar. Yep. Partial clone, not full, but like yeah. DNA material was taken from him. So yes, he is he is his father's father. Um Yep. Also Dazzler's son. Just throwing that in there. You know what, uh, they, say? You know what they say about being a big fan of Dazzler. <laughs> the juggernaut is a huge fan of Dazzler, and the juggernaut is fucking gay. The the juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy. Have been married since the first introduction of Black Tom Cassidy. They are going to Dazzler concerts. Bobby Drake is going to Dazzler concerts. 
Victor doesn't because that's not his scene, but like he would. He would. They're backstage hanging out in the green room. Yes. Let's go see your ma. Uh, so Victor. Uh, Rick he doesn't remember dropped. him though, which is really sad. Very sad. Richter gets dropped off uh, in the middle of the horde and is like, hey, Star, come on. And he's like, not when I'm having so much fun, Julio. He's like, come on, man. He's having such a great time. One of these dudes he stabs through with both swords. Also, his swords are made of two swords. They're parallel blades, so it's four (laughs) blades. And he stabs it and he's like, I'm fine. I'm alive in the thrill of combat. And Poor, poor Mordred. Overwhelmed Mordred. He's like, Sir Shatterstar, I am brave, but I fear we'll be overwhelmed. Sir Richter, I would like your help. Richter's like, hey, Star, come on. Help come on. me! Like, what do you do? Help! Ah! But Star is, Star is having the best fucking day. Yeah. You know who's not having a great day? Uh, uh, Sheriff Whitechapel. Of it's Blightspoke, right? Yeah. Uh, she is like a combination cowboy pirate. She's got a posse yep. full of dudes in cool masks. Yep. All of the posse are mutants, but she is not. Right. Um, and so she's in this giant cage. It's like hanging above this refinery. They're here, by the way, because this is where the Blightswell is being refined, the stuff that makes the collars. Yes. Um, there's been a mutiny and so she's not in charge anymore because she's a friend of mutants but like they overthrew her and so they break her out of the cage and she basically tells betsy she's just like hey listen you gotta fucking drop me and betsy's like but you'll die and she's like hey no i won't don't underestimate me b they're gonna think that i've died because it's like a hive mind so if one of them sees me quote unquote die then they'll think i'm dead and then that gives me leverage and i can go do shit in the shadows so like please drop me Bye-bye. And see, and they do. if I'm wrong, I'll let you buy me a drink in hell. What a line. Have you ever, have you played Red Dead Redemption 2? Oh, have I? Yes. This is very Sadie Adler of her. Oh, I love Sadie Adler so much. As much as I love Arthur Morgan, I do wish the game was about Sadie Adler. I, wish... I do wish you played her for the whole game. But my... I do love Arthur, my boy, my sweet... Sweet, dumb, Listen, dumb, violent boy. I just like finished it for the first, or finished like Arthur's part. I just started the post game stuff with uh, with John. Uh, Wait, recently? Just recently, yeah. I just, I How's never... your emotions doing? How's your heart? When he says, "Sister, I'm afraid," I almost like I, I was gonna throw oh, up. I, I could. It was just like too much. He said, "Sister, I'm afraid." <laughs> I infer- so you so you played a white hat. Yes, uh, Arthur. Okay, yeah. me too. <laughs> but like, I rarely cry at video games, uh, or I do, I do cry at video games. But like, it's not as often as I do with like movies. And usually, it's in a type like like God of War Ragnarok made me cry multiple times. But that's because like I don't know. I expect that game to make me cry, so right. I went in being like, yeah, this is gonna make me cry. Oh, I did not think. Red Dead Redemption 2 was going to make me cry. So it hit me out of fucking left field and punched me in the feelings because he's just sitting down with this nun and he's like, I'm afraid. And I was like, God damn, Arthur Morgan, I want to give you a hug. Sister, I'm afraid. It's just too much. I, I couldn't believe what I was like. My crying. sweet, sweet, 
boy. What he said, I, tell Sadie, you go here. Uh, yeah. I, I so bad wanted him to just ride off with get John, and they escape together. I wanted, I wanted them to flash forward and like Arthur, Sadie, John, and John's family are sitting on like a farm somewhere. It can't be. It can't be. It can't I, be. We'll finish because, the in a second. I just, I just got to talk about it. Um, because the West is dying. Civilization is coming and Arthur can't survive there. He being. is the West and it's the end of the West. Our He's got to go. Yeah, our way of being does not have a place in this world anymore. Also, the fact that Arthur never tells these people, I love you but they know that he does. Like, it's an yeah. unsaid. Because he loves Sadie. He loves Arthur. He loves all of them. He loves John and Abigail and Jack and... He loves them so Reverend much. Reverend Swanson and... He loves Dutch. He should, he, but he does. He loves Dutch like he was his own father. Dutch is a bad person. Dutch is, Dutch is an idiot. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Dutch is such an asshole. Anyway, um... Yeah, that's all we're going to say about that game. <laughs> because we would go on it, forever. Yeah, if you have not played it, go play it. So, um, also, you don't need to play the first one, because guess what? It's a prequel. Also, I never played the first one. You should. And I, enjoy, I I know that I want to, but like I couldn't immediately after because of the graphics quality change would have been a little too jarring. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it was one. just so long ago. So yeah, like it was, that's it's, it's 2010. It looked great in 2010. I can mentally separate that out. I understand that, but I need to wait a little while. Well, so well, you know how video game engines work. <laughs> I do, in fact, know how. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast before, but I make video games for a living. Um, I, I'm an engine programmer on Frostbite, um, and so I do, in fact, know how video games are made. But I don't work on any one specific game, but I do like low-level stuff. Yeah. And yes, anything that had to run on the PlayStation 3... Miracle of technology. Good God. It was a powerful machine, just very, very difficult to program. It was very weird. Great Blu-ray player. Yeah. Probably one of the reasons why Blu-ray won that battle. Yep. Uh, anyway, so uh, the the sheriff disappears out of sight. We don't actually know if she fucking dies. It's never said. <laughs> no, she does not come back. Uh, uh, so they, is- They're being attacked in the crooked market. By yeah, Furies. Yeah. Furies and shut up. You lose contract. It's, uh, Rachel says, she said something about death. Because, because they've been told to go see the vampires. Yeah, it's time to confront death. Uh, Gambit is throwing tarot cards now. He stole those from Saturnine. Yes. So they're, they're like super powered tarot cards. Yeah. And he keeps to like the playing cards. Also, Gambit yeah. does not need to throw the cards. That's the funniest thing about Gambit is he doesn't need to do this this way. He chooses to because it looks cool. Dial over substance, baby. Uh, said motherfucker, I got a gimmick. Uh, also, uh, riding a fury in the crooked market. Uh, Gambit starts hitting it with his staff, just smacking it. Before you get there, the Fury specifically looks at Rachel and says, Anomaly, sole individual, no additional other world selves, designation, Ascani, anomaly. And she's like, what did you just call me? Ascani? Ascani? It's like For those at home, 
<laughs> yeah. For those at home, this is a future version of Rachel Summers after she got lost in the time stream, who raised Cable and created Strife. Literally, not like metaphorically, like created literally cloned Cable to make Strife. Cloned Cable to make Strife and was Mother Ascani in the future and created like a clan of people to make a better future. Uh, but she doesn't remember that. But it seems important. Yeah. Uh, um, so they they fight more furies. Uh, Mad uh, Mad Jim is this in is the when, hand of one. Yes, uh, this is when Kylan does his like voice mimicky thing. So he like lures a fury into a alley where they then fight it and like get it alone and kill it. Where he mimics like assistance needed, target located. Yeah, he's, he's just detected, and it comes over to, to where they are. Uh, which fucking awesome power! Uh, it's so cool. And so it says, James Jasper, reality, all, reality, none, anomaly. It says, anomaly, you're sweet-talking me. They're ready for a little bit of Gambit's mutant justice. Gambit says, throwing the fucking justice justice card. card. In case you did not catch what the fuck I'm doing here. Uh, With a big scoom. Yeah. We see the other uh, email from Doug back to uh, Richter and Shatterstar. The data page. Yeah. This one's kind of long. Basically, he's like, hey, uh, Apocalypse was hiding something in here uh, through old, through like old Iraqi text. Uh, From Bay's explanation, uh, they're pet names. So this is about something involving Apocalypse's family. Meanwhile, the fucking vampires are, like, drooling because Betsy, Richter, Star, and Mordred are coming, which ends issue number two. All right. Uh, Issue three, the cover of this makes Gambit look like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it does. <laughs> He's throwing tarot cards. One of the tarot cards has Betsy and Rachel on it. Yeah. On the same card. I swear to God. So they actually revealed that they finally kiss in issue four. I, for every issue up until the page in issue four where it happened, <laughs> like I said, the enti- <laughs> I was, I was like, I see it in everything. You were, um, you also, were I should mention with the dog. You were just like, I know what you are. Brag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, also, uh, Betsy and Rachel have lost psychic contact once they got to Sevelith, which is where all the vampires are, because there's something about the vampires where they cannot have their psychic rapport, because both of them are the telepaths of the team. Yes. So they split the party, but at least they did the smart thing and they left one telepath with each half of the party. Yeah, you split the party, you take two mages. Uh, you don't just run around with Cloud and Barrett. What are you doing? Oh my god, I'm so excited for that next game in, this, in the remake series. I have my PS5. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so, Roma and Saturnine is here now, because Saturnine apparently got bored of hanging out in the Lavender Keep and went to go see her buddy Roma. Um, are <laughs> hanging out with friend. Shogo. Again, Roma is looking luxurious. I, I will say, she's the so thing hot. about Roma is she is, she's fucking 
gorgeous. She's so, <laughs> so like, and like everyone in these comics are are beautiful. But like Roma, they very clearly like Bob Quinn was like, Roma can get it. This has this has to be the most stylish, luxurious. I mean, she's she a fae. She looks, she looks like, like she if smells you fucked her, you would be cursed for life. <laughs> she looks like she smells like lavender. Yeah. <laughs> or like pomegranate or something. Yeah. Insane. Uh, God. And so they um, go to go uh, see Shogo. Uh, who can sense that something's wrong. Yeah. And he's like shrinking. He's like making himself physically smaller. Uh, still a dragon. Still a dragon, though. He will remain a dragon for the remainder of this book. Yeah. And uh, they tell him, they're like, a knight must know virtue and sacrifice. You have to learn the cost of things, and stories are how we shall tell, how teach you. Uh, do you understand yet, my little friend? You must watch as one of your beloved friends must die. Uh, and so... Which I gotta say, reading that, like, as these issues were coming out... Oh, maybe very... Nice. Reading that sentence and being like... One of them's gonna die? They're another one. <laughs> and like trying like, to guess like who's it gonna be? Who makes I, who would they change here? Yeah. I I couldn't guess. I truly I, I, I truly it might be Mordred, but I was just like, uh, That'd be pointless. They just brought him back. They just brought him back. Then it the story there's somebody they want you to think it's gonna be. And uh, it's not. And it's not that person. Alright, uh, so they're running from the Furies. Right, they're running from the this Furies. is this is cool because it's like this panel is cool because it's framed by like water bubbles, so it's showing that like Shogo is looking into the pool, like the, scrying, the scrying pool, and seeing this. Yeah. Um, uh, they refer to Megan as witch breed royalty, which, which you is right. Well, yeah, and she's she was the queen of Avalon when they. Well, she wasn't the queen, no, because because no. the king was no, she wasn't the queen, but she's awesome. She also, like, looks super fucking fey here. Like, her eyebrows are gone. She's got these, like, crazy, like, almost insect eyes that yeah. are glowing. And, like, her ears that are pointy normally get, like, way pointier and bigger. And she she looks so cool. And she, she calls, like, a, a tornado. Awesome. Uh, and so the, they try and bring this fury down uh, with it. Uh, with one of her big tornadoes that she then uses to send him so far away. Like, countries away. Yeah, and uh, she says, Mer Merlin and Arthur can try and fix what's left of him. And Bay says, let them see their own fallen warrior sail overhead and crash into their walls. It is a fine revenge, Lady Megan. Bay looks so proud of her. Yes. The thing about Bay, I don't think we've said it, her power is called Doom Voice. It's so cool. Uh, basically, it, think of like Black Canary Solid uh, Sonic Scream, but if it was really low. Yeah. <laughs> like also, what if Black Canary sounded like Betty White? Or not Betty White, Barry White. Fuck's sake. I was about to say what? You know what I meant? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm so confused at first. Barry White. Okay. Or um, who the fuck? Somebody, somebody will know who I mean. The guy who used to do the. Well, the, it uh, sounds like Kratos. Imagine. Or or Keith David. 
Yeah, what if she what if she sounded like fucking yes. Teal'c from Stargate? Yeah. Daniel Jackson. Boy. Boy. Uh Penny White. Fuck. God, he whips in Stargate. So I've only seen like three seasons of Stargate, like the first three seasons of Stargate or something, but he's incredible. He's the, he's he's tied for best part of Stargate. Daniel Jackson second best part of Stargate. <laughs> he's a skinny sad twink. What am I, I doing? Listen. Listen, 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 listen to the sound of my voice. Yes. I'm not often wrong, but I'm right about most things. If that show came out right now for the first time today, we would and see will be gay? we would see sixty thousand fucking Daniel Jackson fan cams an hour. People would draw fan art of him in a flower crown. <laughs> that. Batman Soft, sad was... boy looking for his wife. Oh, oh, he would. Oh my goodness. He would have this yeah. fucking the whole internet in the figure four just by going. Yes, my wife. Palm of his... I saw how people reacted to Hannibal in real time. I saw people react to Will Grant in real time. I. I was one of them. There are two two specific people that I think would have just ran the fucking table on the modern internet if they were if they were coming around today, and it is Daniel Jackson from Stargate, and the other is a wrestler by the name of Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards, I'm just gonna find a photo of him and send him to you. And you yeah, can. I'm gonna need a reference photo uh, of this because Stevie Richards as I do every was, time you mention a wrestler. He was in ECW, uh, and he. He, uh, let me find, there's one specific picture of him. Uh, there it is. I fucking. This has been your regularly scheduled wrestling digression. Uh, that is a Stevie Richards in ECW. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He would wrestle, he would come out in a crop top with his name airbrushed on it. And the, the, the lowest cut fucking Daisy Dukes he could get. Those are very low cut and also very, very high cut simultaneously. I can see so much of this man's thigh. Um, (laughs) That is a baby girl, if I've ever seen one (laughs) before. He would be the internet's biggest fucking blurball. They would would love him. Um, He's in a a somewhat abusive relationship with his boss slash friend slash cult leader, Raven. I thought you were, when you said abusive relationship with boss, I just assumed it was Vince. No, Um, Vince (laughs) decides to make him uh, a dude who is like, um, he makes him part of like a censorship group. Oh God. (laughs) So they're walking around, they look like Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) I recently listened to a, uh, it was like, it was either a four-part or a six-part podcast on, like, the evils of Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a Behind the Bastard series. The, quick plug. Go ahead, if you haven't. Go listen to the Behind the Bastard series about just Vince McMahon. It's insane. You all probably know this already. I am aware of the audience of this podcast and that I am new in learning all of this information. But Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, if there is a hell, he will be there. He, for sure. For sure. Yes. 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 Monster. He's going there. Um, Hilariously ripped in his 60s. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, all the steroids. Anyway, we, we, got, we got so sidetracked, we can't. Uh, um, so Rachel is really grumpy because her girlfriend is not in psychic contact with her anymore. Sorry, girlfriend? Her, her gal pal has lost psychic contact friend. with a really good friend. And they uh, they tell her in other world that someone calls her Ascani, and she says, "Hey, uh, where'd you learn that word? Like, it's from a story. It told us you would come, bright lady of flame." And she goes, "Uh, we gotta find Betsy <laughs> immediately." And then on the very next page, I don't like that we're split up like this. My psychic connection with Betsy stopped when they entered Sevilith. I have a bad feeling. I'm worried about her. Hey. We need to say on task, Summers. She also, is trying so asking, badly to get back to Betsy. And Gambit is like, they are going to kill Jim Jaspers in front of this crowd of people. And we cannot let this crowd of people see a mutant get killed on our watch. We cannot let them believe that the Knights of X will not be there to protect them. We're not fucking leaving. We're staying. And Rachel is like, Betsy. <laughs> Miss Betsy. If they, here's the thing, if there's one thing a Summers is gonna do, it's gonna endanger the lives of everyone around them for the person they love. Going to endanger the lives of everyone around them for one telepath. One <laughs> is the exception <laughs> to this cable, maybe. Is Hope is a telepath? No, sometimes. No, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Just, just for one person, because Abel absolutely endangers the lives of everyone around him for hope, like multiple he, times. He knows Bishop is chasing him and won't just fight him. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 we're gonna keep just jumping through time. Fuck it. This is a great way to raise a child. <laughs> Listen, the way Cable was raised, he probably does think that's a great way to raise a child. <laughs> Cable was raised by his parents in disguises. And yep. then by his sister, who is an old yep. lady. Yep. Fuck it. Uh, Mother is Scotty. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the, the fight comes to them. Jokes. The, the yeah. Furies are here. And they have Mad Jim Jaspers up on a cross. This issue is titled, Part 3, Kill Your Darlings. I'm amazed that we haven't said who dies yet, and I think we should keep it that way until it actually happens. Uh-huh. But it's based really on the fact that this is titled... Kill your darlings. It means that I fully believe that Teeny Howard loves the character who's gonna die in this issue deeply and with her whole heart. Yeah, uh, especially because their face is directly under the under the letters here. Yep, it says "Kill your darlings," it's... and it just has that person right there. Yes, if I had been a little more attentive when I first read this issue, maybe it's I would have noticed that. Clear who it's gonna be? I did not. Uh, deep within, deep within the Night Kingdom of Sebalith, where the blood-drinking populace has come to love the mutant's word for vampire so much they've adopted it for themselves. They've also come to love mutant blood. Uh, <laughs> and so, Betsy, mind-controlling uh, one of the vampires uh, to draw another one out. Basically, well, lays a trap. Richter summons a... Richter's a druid now? I don't think we mentioned that. Apocalypse... You know what? Actually, this is important, and this is the time to mention it. Uh, Richter 
was trained by Apocalypse during Excalibur to be a druid, like a classic, like Arthurian legend kind of like mystical connected to the earth magic guy. He's like, he's got his powers, but he also knows magic now. Like he's fully a druid. Think D&D. He's got it. Yeah. Staff and everything. And Apocalypse taught him a shit ton of stuff. Or sorry, A taught him a shit A. <laughs> Taught him a shit ton of stuff. Richter was also deeply in love with A. Yes. And yes. wanted to jump his bones every single second. But oh. then A had his Went wife his come wife. back. Went on to his wife. And left Richter behind to go <laughs> home and have sex with his wife. And Richter, this, by the way, is a moment when Shatterstar is not around. Shatterstar is stuck in the Mojoverse. So Richter is alone, and then Apocalypse, sorry, A, comes out of nowhere, picks him up out of depression, gives Literally him a purpose in life. Literally, Richter is sleeping in a coffin full of dirt because he is afraid that his powers will work poorly with Krakoa, and he's worried that he's going to break the island in two, and he doesn't trust himself, and he's depressed, and he wants to die, and A shows up, gives him a purpose in life, teaches him fucking magic, is really hot in his general vicinity, and then leaves to fuck his wife, and Richter is alone for, like, seven issues or something before Star finally comes back, because he has to get... He does. He comes back in X Factor and he has to get rescued from Mojo World because he's stuck in Mojo World. It's not his fault that he's not around right. for Richter. But like Richter is fucking alone and Richter's fucking pissed. <laughs> and he's really, really sad. And he's still not over it. But he's got A's grimoire and is uh, doing his best with it. So that's all. <laughs> And that's what you missed on Glee. Um, so that's what you needed to know about Richter and his really, really gay crush on Apocalypse. Um, Speaking, and uh, I want to, I want just to enter this statement into the public record of this podcast because you said okay. Glee, and it reminded me. Oh no! A few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with friend of the show Chloe. Hi, Chloe. And I said. I was talking about the band Journey. Yes. And I said, you know, it sucks that people think of Journey as just like a meme because of Don't Stop Believing. Journey's got hits. And she goes, something to the effect that, well, yeah, it's because of Glee. And I said, Chloe, do you think the first time that like Don't Stop Believing became a meme was Glee? For people my age? Yes. Jesse, we're the same age. The first time I know I heard Don't Stop Believing was an episode of Family Guy. I went to an all-girls high school. We were not watching <laughs> Family Guy. Because <laughs> the, the reason that... I ever heard Bohemian Rhapsody was likely. <laughs> the reason... Which is a crime, but... Yes. The reason... <laughs> what I'm admitting to. My high school's marching band, like, they would play Don't Stop Believing in the stands, and we would sing along... Because we all heard it from that fucking episode of Family Guy. That was why we all do it. It was glee for us. Tweet the show at MCMFpod. We're the first place you heard Don't Stop Believing. How old are you? How old are you? And where's the first place you heard Don't Stop Believing? Because I heard it in that episode of Family Guy. Where they're they're carrying the dude's casket down the stairs. 
at his funeral and someone hears the song playing because these people have fully broken down the song and goes is that journey kick ass and drops the casket to go sing don't stop believing also really quick there's a difference between first time you ever heard it and first time it became a meme for you okay yes because i'm certain i heard it before then but when it went to the stratosphere episode one of glee pilot episode of glee and let me say one more thing don't stop believing is good separate ways is better and who's crying now is better than that separate uh, ways is one of my go-to karaoke songs and i crush it uh did you play the air keyboard at a wharf i do the i do kind of air guitar a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get into it uh I, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of head banging yeah <laughs> it's great anyway i Nearby. Fell in love with that song because of Tron Legacy. <laughs> yeah, that adds up. Nearby, <laughs> Sir Lirio Ironsides doubles back to give word to his liege, the evil King Arthur. Uh, dude here named Shakai the Bloodless, which is fucking sick. Uh, it was in like this one panel. Yeah. He <laughs> just doesn't show up again. Basically, they're like, hey, Braddock and her knights are, are here, but they split their party. We can fucking take these guys. We uh, split the party. Yep. Uh, so they make it to the center yes. of Sepaleth, and they find Death. Son of Apocalypse. Who is so metal. So metal. He looks like Anubis, and he is also a vampire because they had a fight here in Ten of Swords. He had a fight here with Storm, who he is in love with, um, which, listen, who isn't? And also, villains love Storm. Oh, my God. So Doctor Doom much. was about to make her queen of Latveria in the 80s. Everybody they, fucking loves everybody Storm. Everybody loves Storm. Death loves Storm. They have a fight with knives, and it's basic because they're surrounded by vampires. It's first blood-drawn wins, and she just gut-stabs him, and there's this incredible series of panels where he's, like, slowly bleeding out as the vampires rush him, and so he's a vampire now, and he's chained up in the basement. They keep him like a pet, but he fucking loves it here, and he does not want to leave. They're like, yeah. come on, we're gonna break you out, and he's just like, fuck no! Yeah. Are you kidding me? He says to Mortis, is that a boy? <laughs> Who is he? No boy stands before you. I am called Mordred. And if you are coming with us, do so quickly. Or tell us what we need to do for our quest. For, so we can, may continue onward. This is a quest. Will you join us as a witch breed yourself? Because I know of the Siege Perilous. Its study was a point of powerful curiosity for my father. But you aren't the only prince of these lands. I know nothing of where he put it, where he would have put it, nor why. My father did love his riddles. And then Richter has an idea. Which is, uh, hey, can you just read this fucking book that your dad left? Oops. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I can fucking do that. Yeah, I was here for this shit, actually. Yeah, he's just like, I can I can read it, yeah. Uh, and so uh, we see Mr. M walking around uh, Mercator. Marcus, who is Mr. M? <laughs> do you know? Sort of. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they, okay, they mention in a data page that he lived in Mutant Town. I know that Mutant Town is where they have that X Factor Investigations run. I have not read an X Factor Investigations, but I'm pretty sure you have. And so, like, I've is he in a, that? He is in that. Um, he he's the one who convinces. So he's there when O and E is at um, 
is at the mansion. When they're in the Sentinels. And he's like, hey, we can get the fuck out of here. I'm the, uh, I'm the shit. I can get us the fuck out. I, uh, <laughs> I can get us out of here. No big deal. Uh, and then uh, it looks like he gets fucking killed by magma. Uh, yeah, his powers. His name is Absalon Zebardin Mercator. What a name, Mr. M. No hair at all. Uh, yeah, fedora and a suit. Like the thing is, they give him the hat so he doesn't look like Charles. I was about to say he does kind of look like Charles, but he's a matter of Yes, Omega level, and he's still on the Omega list. Like, if yes. you look in uh, Hawks Pox, if you look at the official list, like, it's, like, he's in there. Yeah. Uh, like, one of the only ones who sticks on that list. Uh, but basically, Apocalypse tells him some shit. He's like, look, our people ascend in power, science, and technology, but there are some keys to our story that do not honor the rules of known worlds. This is one of them. Protecting of the proper sword. So how did you get this? A human had it. They no longer do. Keep it safe <laughs> however you can. I recognize that you are one of mutant most powerful. This entire realm is yours to mold. So long as that remains protected. With it, one can make and unmake our very souls. The time will come when that needs doing. When the great sacrifice is made. Open your realm to us then, no sooner. So basically, he gives her the Siege Perilous in his life. Yes. Yeah. Also, I love that line, a human had it, they no longer do. Uh, yeah, and then this <laughs> Rest in peace of, to that guy. Yeah, that dude is in the dirt. <laughs> no one's ever been deader. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they do, uh, they do kind of explain here. He lived in Mutant Town for a while. Uh, and then uh, is seemingly killed by magma, and yeah. then just fucking left for a while. He's been in Otherworld, uh, in Mercator, given to him, which was given to him by Apocalypse. It's Mercator a- was just a giant desert. We didn't mention that. It was yeah. literally like endless void desert. No one there. Right. It's like okay, so Death Story uh, implied that a sacrifice is required to get into Mercator. And we are in another location. We are in the sewers. It is later. Yes. And this is the half of the party that was hanging out with the vampires. They are hiding from the vampires. Right. Uh, and this is Richter talking. And Richter's like, okay, so we something's going to get sacrificed. <laughs> Which is, one, a very Richter thing to say. Two, a very, yeah, I can see why they made you a druid. Because uh, yeah. one, he said, all right, somebody's got to die. Uh, what's the plan? Uh, and Betsy's like, hey, don't fucking worry about it. Let's just rest while it's daylight. We're going to have to... We'll need Shatterstar to get us out of here fast. And Shatterstar's like, maybe it's her accent, but I'm inclined to listen to the captain. And then Shatterstar's like, there are not many comforts here. Let resting beside you be one of them. <laughs> and he looks so cute, and he's holding... He's holding Richter's hand, hand in two hands, and he's literally just like, I love two things. Stabbing people and cuddling you. Can I cuddle you? And there's nothing to stab here right now. <laughs> there's so. nothing to stab right now. I'm so very laser in. focused. Bring it in. <laughs> They're in like a nook in the wall in a sewer. 
Mordred is fucking asleep. <laughs> yes. Also, Richter looks guilty as shit as he then says, you know, I love you, right, Star? And hey. Star's like, I do. And hey, then Richter's like, very hey, it was very important to me. And oh. Star's just like, oh, Julio, what kind of man would I be if I was jealous of your feelings? What with my own romantic parts? He's a Richter. I'm a slut. <laughs> I've cheated on you so many times. Do you know how much I was fucking in Mojo World? Don't worry about it. Like, buddy, we were not together. It's fine. Um, but then we get to my favorite Richter. Sad boy Richter. Uh, and sad made, boy like, Richter. dog eyes, too, and he's like, I just wanted, I've wanted a sign. Something I could do to do right by him. To thank him for what he gave me. The purpose, the knowledge, all of it. If he put the Siege Perilous away to be unlocked by a sacrifice, it should be me. And then Star goes, do you once more feel the call of the void? You believed! <laughs> he, said, he basically says, no, don't kill yourself, you're so sexy. <laughs> he, he looks deeply concerned, though. He's like clutching Richter's face in both hands. He says, hey, and, and he, he looks, he looks like he, he was happy and then he was kind of pensive and now he's just like deep concern he's just like no 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 um and Richter's like no nothing like that but someone has to the death card's just about change right I'll come back I'll I'll just be different maybe who knows you might like me better which is the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard that's that's what depression does to you, yeah, my and, guy. You oh, have yeah. this guy clutching your face and kissing your forehead and telling you that he loves you, and you're like, but maybe you would like me more. You, maybe you would like me more if I was different. Listen. These I've are the intrusive thoughts winning. I'll say, <laughs> I've, I've heard this sentence before. Maybe I'll be a, you, a me that you like better. And let me tell you, no one likes hearing that. No one no. is ever going to be like, yeah, you should change. So you can be somebody I like better. That's not... Someone who loves you is never going to say that to you. No. And then Star says, honestly, my favorite lines from the entire book, oh, which is, I could never exert my control over you simply because I'm in love with you. And I know I would love any version of you, but my love, losing you would be my sacrifice. And I am simply unwilling. When you are with me, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> I love these points so much and it's so sweet uh, Richter is staring directly at the camera and he looks <laughs> so upset he looks, he looks this is fucking a Sarah McLaughlin commercial <laughs> in the arms of the angel Just cents a day to feed this poor Richter. Uh, and so they're like, hey, we need to, I can, maybe it's the daylight, but I can hear Rachel and the others. Bay says she can anchor you. Star, can you teleport us to the market? And Not this man had teleportation powers. I completely forgot. Uh, Morgan is like, hey, what the fuck are we, we're losing the plot here. Yeah, he's like, we gotta go to Mercator. And Betsy's immediately like, you are mistaken. Rachel's in trouble. Mutant lives are my priority. 
Uh, we have located the Siege Perilous, but Rachel and our fellow knights are nearly overwhelmed. Your quest, your personal quest must wait, Prince Mordred. She called it. <laughs> Let's wait for somebody to, like, rip one off on you. It's on Mordred, and you're like, aren't your mother and father siblings? Perhaps sit this one out. Maybe this explains some things. No, there's another funny reason for why people are always so fucking mean to poor Mordred. <laughs> We'll get to that later. It's really funny, though. Uh, so they teleport in mid-battle. Big battle. Yeah. Big problems. The party is back all at once. Uh, Thank God. Also, Rachel immediately says, Welcome back, B-team. And Betsy says, I hope B is for Betsy Braddock, or you and I are going to fight. <laughs> now that you're back, we're going to have to split up. They're about to rip Jim apart. Uh, and so it's... Big, big battle. Rachel and Betsy stop to make goo-goo eyes at each other. Their text is smaller than normal. Like, the font is smaller <laughs> than normal, whispering. which means they're, like, whispering to each other. Yeah. And they are uh, staring deeply into each other's eyes. And Betsy immediately says, Rachel, can you get up high? Take out a fury or two if you find a way? and Keep, on, keep an eye on Gambit in them? And Rachel's like, uh-huh. I've been worried sick about you. Stay in contact? Always. Gay, gay, homosexual, gay. <laughs> this is very. There's no heterosexual explanation for this. This is a this is a fuck look. <laughs> it is. It's also a like. Thank God you're not dead. I haven't kissed you yet. Yeah. This is a. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're alive. Let's go. Let's fly off and make out, please. We have bigger problems at the moment. Uh, and so. Should they fight? Mordred uh, is jumped by the talent. <laughs> Immediately, and he's like, "Hail, good townsfolk! I am on your side." But like, they're fighting him. But everybody else is like, "Everyone's like, hey, this actually works out really well because it means that it's drawing the townsfolk away from the main battle because they're going to all pile on Mordred. So like, we're just we're not going to help him. We're just going to leave him." Alone. And then they realizes crowd control. Rachel realizes, motherfucker, is his power that he makes people want to fight him? His mutant power is that he irritates people around him so much that they want to throw hands with him. That's why Kylon, a very calm, collected guy, went ballistic earlier and tried to fucking kill him. It's why his uh, father's knights fought him when he first showed up. And he, like, fought through the ranks. And he's like, I showed up to go talk to my dad and everybody turned on me. Like, yeah. people fucked him up. It's his mutant Mordred's mutant power is drawing aggro. Which Star literally says in a later comic, and he says, like, I believe in online strategies. This is called, like, something. Like, basically, like, he draws To convince him to stop stabbing people, did they get Shatterstar a WoW subscription? I would assume. Shatterstar is playing. Shatterstar got a free trial of the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> you watch now his free chapters come and chill. Something's. Uh, yes. Uh, Shatterstar would fucking love MMOs. Oh my god. He would be a fighter and he would fucking love it. Also, we should mention that, like, all of these books, everyone gets, like, they're kind of almost like a DD class. Like, Star is the fighter. Yes. And. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Gambit is freeing Magim Jaspers, and who shows up but Merlin? 
Uh, mother wanna come. Mother won't come down here himself. Man, get Jim out of here. I got a plan. And, and then, they're like, really? I ain't leaving. Now when I got a perfect shot in the perfect car and a bit of the old stuff, I got a bit of, ugh, I got a little bit of the old style of Citadel's magic in my back pocket for you, Merlin. What a surprise. What? A witch breed wielding stolen magic with sticky hands. You know nothing of what you hold, Remy LeBeau. Now die. Oh, bitch, I've been death. And there's a big explosion. Mm. That's What a line. Yeah. And... Old. See, I read it as old cunts. <laughs> that also works. It's a, it's a four-letter word. Yeah. Old fuck, old cunt, old twat. Yeah, old, old, fuck, old fuck probably works. Like, yeah. The most old fuck. <laughs> old old fuck, I've been death. Uh, Which I had forgotten about. Uh, yes. I, he like, was. First, he was death. He uh, was the death horseman of Apocalypse once. And now Gambit lays in a pool of his own blood, face down, with his fingers with on the death card. And then we pull back out of the scrying pool. And Shogo is sad. Shogo is really upset. And uh, Saturnine and Roma tell him, Yes, my love, what you give away must hurt you deeply, or else it is not a sacrifice. And there's a note from the grimoire of A. It says, Death. Not the strongest of my children, nor the fastest. He is the most patient and has a loyalty I adore. He will always, always wait. Before they were horsemen, they were my children. And the next ones, many of them, were my children too. For a good long time, I sought my horsemen solely within my own line. And when I could no more stand to look upon my own get, I learned what made the difference between good horsemen and bad ones. Death is sometimes the hardest role to fill, for that is the sun I will grapple with eternally. War, plague, and famine, I will only know if I seek them out, but death may still surprise me even one night. A cold steel blade in between even my ribs. Death is the sun I can never trust, because he cannot be a bad man, because above all else, death must be selfless. Even death must be ready to die. Whips that whip so hard. Penny Howard. Yeah, kills it. Um, My queen. Also explains his choices in Horsemen because so much. His two to me that when I think of Apocalypse's Horsemen of Death, I think of two people. I think of Angel Warren. and Gambit. Yep. Um. And Angel had kind of been defined by, at that point, his pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point... Because he, he lost his wings. He had just lost his wings and was just about to lose... Um, to use... To lose Candy. Uh, and he had lost his father. And he just... Before, above all else, Angel wanted to die. Which made him he perfect. Fully intended to kill himself. He was trying to kill himself when Apocalypse grabbed him. Yeah. Damn <laughs> kid, that's what. Damn kid, that's pretty tough. You want to you want to ride back to my place? 
Uh, Apocalypse really likes showing up when men are at their lowest and mm -hmm. offering them a helping hand. Because guess who he would have made his horseman of death if he had made another group of horsemen? Fucking Richter. Richter. Uh, but he didn't need because his real kids came back. <laughs> See you in hell, kid. And he just leaves. Peace out. He just bounces. Uh, Wild. Issue four. Right, issue four. Arthur rolling up on the nine on the eight remaining knights. Uh, and uh, things are not looking good. Uh, Merlin has fled. Uh, and they realize, hey, Gambit was the sacrifice. And it's like, well, what would Rogue do if she were here? So well, she would stay focused on the mission and mourn later. The, <laughs> the way that Gambit is drawn here is so funny. <laughs> He's just smoking. <laughs> just, just splattered, wasted. And splatches of blood, smoke curling off his back. He is bleh. <laughs> uh, Megan gets really mad that people keep referring to him as a sacrifice because Richter is like, he was the sacrifice. And Betsy keeps saying, we can't let his sacrifice be in vain. And Megan's like, he was a person. <laughs> She's like, stop saying sacrifice like he was expendable. We, he died for this. And we know the resurrection protocols won't bring him back, not from other worlds. Like if we needed a sack, and Richter explains, I was gonna do it. I didn't know it would be him. Uh, but I can't. They kept remembering what Apocalypse always said: the death of death, the end of distance. We are mutants. Nothing can ever kill us again. Yeah, and they grab uh, Bay and Richter grab Gambit's body, uh, and fucking Mad Jim goes, "Oh, that's just beautiful." Good old Apocalypse. Always knew his heart was in the right place. Give my love when next you meet and let old Mad Jim handle these flirt furies now. Boys, tea's canceled. It's time for you all to leave. And then he puts them on the X crosses that they had him on. Because, the furies. The yeah, giant furies. Because they grabbed, uh, they were able to pull him off the, the, the blight. Also because he's an Omega level mutant. He's, he's an, an Omega, Omega level, level reality mutant. warper. Yeah. He is the most there's no defined limit on how powerful he is. Yeah. And I love Betsy's just like, we have to get to Mercator. Richter, can you blast a hole? And Jim's like, no, you have done enough damage to my market. And he makes a portal for them. Uh, and uh, they're like, good luck with the Furies and King Arthur. Uh, Betsy gives a her and little speech. Betsy like, and Rachel share a real, real gay moment. The only two staring people, deeply into each other's eyes. I have ever seen stare at each other this hard all the time are Carolina and Nico before they actually yeah. get together. It's like they're all constantly staring at each other's eyes. Yep. Uh, and she's like, Another book I'm obsessed with. She says, I have to go on. And it's like, well, that portal's going to collapse. We got to go. Uh, and so, and Rachel tells her, "Hey, I'm going with you, Captain. We all are. I'm not leaving you alone again." And she holds her hands and stares directly, eye, eye contact, directly into her eyes. They are inches apart. They're very close. And then, still holding hands, they all jump through the portal. And so does Merlin, not Merlin. So does Arthur and, and nice. some of his guys. Yeah. And then it collapses. 
and they wake up, or at least Arthur and his men wake up in the muck. True, straight out of never-ending story, unfortunately. Yeah. And remember, the horses are sinking. Yes, but it is, it's a, it's a marsh. The horses are sinking. I feel real bad for those horses. They did nothing to deserve this. Nope, it sucks to be the horses. Uh... Um, and Mr. M is standing there. Puts a foot on Arthur's face as he tries to crawl out of the mud and just pushes him back in. He looks like a a Michael Jackson impersonator. He does. He just needs a glove. He he looks like he's going to do the smooth criminal lean. Yep. And he probably could. He could just, like, matter manipulate a little hook out of the ground and just do it right there. Yeah. Uh, And uh, King Arthur says, you are a local, then perhaps you can aid us. We seek the Siege Perilous. It is of utmost importance we find it before the witch breed. Says, and uh, Mr. M says, Well, the good news is it's all around you. Welcome to Mercator, where the Siege Perilous has become the land itself. The bad news is the siege forces you to contend with your deepest, innermost self. And King, you, King Arthur, are a horrible person. Amazing. This is when he puts his foot on his face and just pushes him back into the mud. And then there's an, a letter where it's revealed that Arthur was actually just about to betray Merlin because he was basically like, fuck it, he's my kid. I can't fight my son. I have... The homophobia has left my body and I have realized that my son is a human being and I should have a relationship with him. So fuck you, Merlin. Bye. Says, but... Yeah, there's a really good line here. He says, I do not know what darkness awaits me, but I do know that once a people believe me to be a king of light and my kingdom's future lies in my blood. Our quests diverge here. So, but poor Arthur just got pushed in the muck, so it's not it's not going super well for him at the moment. I do gotta say, this, I love this issue. I love this issue a lot. I wish this miniseries was six issues instead of five, because I want two pages per character instead of just the one that we get for everybody. I just, I just want two. I want two pages. Because what this now is, is a series of visions of now everyone's in the siege perilous. What are they all going to learn about themselves? And it's really cool how it works because like the conversations that they have kind of flow into the next vision. It's not the same conversation because like they're all doing their own shit, but yeah, like none of them can see each other. So like Richter wakes up alone. He's the first. Right. In the mud. And he says, <laughs> oh, great. Of course, it's mud. Uh, and... He says, I'm not afraid to be the sacrifice. And uh, off, off hand shows up. Says, My boy, stop trying to die. I have taken that from you. He's looking up, holding his hand. He's, oh my god, it's you. And uh, Megan. Which is, I love that this is the message that Richter needs to hear from his innermost self. Stop trying to like, die. Stop trying to die. If you go back to our fucking Children's Crusade episode, Richter did the same fucking shit when they're like, maybe if you try to get your powers back this way, you'll explode. And he was literally like, I do not give a shit. (laughs) This boy wants to die all the time. And I love that his inner inner, journey and quest is literally just like, hey, fucking stop it. Like, uh, smack in the back of his hand, like, no. Uh, 
And so Megan is pulled out of the mud by her loving husband, Brian, who says, Up, my love, out of the mud, my filthy little fairy queen. Which is... Sinister. Instantly. Brian. (laughs) Brian. The Brian that exists in her mind is just like... Trying to hunch. Also a fucking douche. We should mention that, like... In early Excalibur, the original Excalibur, not the Taney Howard one, but like the OG, Brian's an alcoholic who's like a horrible drunk and is very mean to Megan a lot of the time. Um, It's not like constant physical abuse, but it's he's very he's not nice. He's very mean to her. He's very mean all the time. And he tells her that she's ugly and he like tells her mean things. And she's like an empathic shapeshifter so, so like if he tells her she's he... ugly she, she she becomes ugly and like yes. it's it's not good anyway eventually he gets into a drunken fight with kurt breaks kurt's leg because kurt breaks nightcrawler's like, leg kurt's like if you brian if you do not love your wife i love her <laughs> literally just like you don't appreciate what you have buddy she's hot I will treat her better than you do. And then Brian breaks his leg, realizes he's done something horribly wrong. Oh my God, I broke his leg. What's my fucking problem? That's sober and has been sober ever since. Yeah. There are scenes in Ten of Swords where like they offer him drinks and he's just like, will this have any mind altering effects? And they're like, yeah, of course. And he's just like, I'm good. Thanks though. I'm going to stick with water. Like he's been sober ever since and he's a very good husband. But like, this is what's in Megan's mind about what Brian is because like she's seen it. He, uh, and but she's in a much better spot now than she was initially because he would be so mean to her and she would just like change form because she like was so impacted by it. She'd be like, why is Brian so mean to me? But this time he shushes her and puts a finger over her mouth and shushes her. And she looks incensed. She's so fucking mad about it. She's like, my Brian would never shush me. Who are you, imposter? He says, I'm uh, not Brian. Remember, my darling? You're all alone. Only one person here silences and mocks you. And then it cuts to Mordred, who then yells, Myself? You lie, father. I have many many enemies. High King version of his dad. Yes, super cool. He looks kind of like, um... Oh, my God. Pink guy. Why am I blanking on his name? Not Apocalypse. Jesus Christ. Exodus? Thank you. Thank you. He looks like Exodus. I just kept all I kept thinking was Apocalypse. It's the wrong name. He does look like Exodus with the the crown thing. Yes. But or Mordred, his lesson is that he needs to befriend his father. Yes. Instead of fight him. He says, "Why do you do this, father? I came to make peace, to be a hero, and now I now I know neither friend from foe." He says, first of all, I am not your father." And secondly, it is I who you must first befriend. Uh, Betsy then, has to fight the core. <laughs> yeah, like all of the the fucking violet swans here. Also, the uh, the Captain Britain that is a big purple monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the there's one who has a big hammer, which is fucking cool. And yeah, they mock her with all her failures. Yeah. You lost Gambit and gave up Shogo. Is this your search for the siege? Pathetic. He says, enough. 
I accepted my quest from the quest for my people, not just for me or any of you. And the, the Gorgo, we aren't here. Uh, and she's like, of course, how could I be so stupid? I've been here before even. And then it says, in Uncanny X-Men, number 251. <laughs> Looking for the Siege Perilous. But here in Mercator, it's all around me. Surely Roma knew. Then we got back to Roma. Yeah, Roma looking, again, extremely sexy. So much underboob. There's so much underboob in these pages. You can tell how bad she does not want to be wearing clothes. Very little to the imagination. Uh, And so it's like, we we gotta go talk to Shogo. Uh, he's inconsolable. It's like he's, a, and Saturnine asks, he is, is this his first great loss? He says, he's an orphan. He's already known more loss than a young heart like his should carry. Um, and he's just kind of starting to rampage around. And yeah, like... Roma, Roma tells him, something has lit a, f- uh, can you take a form better suited to your needs? Something has lit a fire in you and that has burned away the darkness you felt before. This power galvanizes you. But you must be careful. You must not. You cannot simply fly away and burn those who have wronged you. I'm not willing to lose everything so you can teach a boy this lesson, Roma. Unless we've got something riding on this. Uh, unless you forgot. Or we've got something riding on this, unless you forgot. I haven't. But little dragons have big ears and psychic friends. And so he takes a big puff. And they get on his back and fly away towards uh, towards the fight. I do love that line of, like, little dragons have big ears and psychic friends. Betsy is listening. And Rachel, there are two of them bitches. Uh, and Rachel is actually listening. She's yes. meditating in, like, a fiery jewel flower kind of situation. Because yeah, it just... Nothing happens to Rachel here. Rachel is totally unaffected by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, because she is... knows who she is. Yeah, she's a scummy. She already went through this journey off page. She says, your little cl- your little babysitters think they're clever from far away. I can see exactly what those two want as their own. And I'll be damned if I let them chain Betsy to them in every timeline. And uh, Oh, yeah. And Geraldine... Uh, actually, the version of this is uh, that Geraldine hands her the siege. And it's like, you have a job it's, to do, it's, it's the Pop-Tart. Yes. She hands back the Pop-Tart, but it has the Siege Perilous little logo on it. But it's yes. it's the Pop-Tart. And they're like, uh, she's like, the timelines need you. She needs you. She needs you. Rachel is Damn, eating Geraldine, that's all you had to say. <laughs> she needs you damn Geraldine that's all you had to say and then she's sprinting like she wasn't going when it's like the timelines need you she's like eh, she needs you bitch I'm out of here said my girlfriend and then there's a long summary of what the fuck Ascani means but like we have covered that yes it uh basically here's this uh we get a cool Ascani prayer which is thanks for today please for tomorrow which is great Love it. Uh, Rachel is the Rachel Summers of Earth 811 who escaped her home timeline. Earth 811 is the Days of Future Past. Uh, she is a multiversal anomaly. There are no variants or other timeline selves of her. 
other children of Scott and Jean exist, named Rachel somewhere in the multiverse, they're not other versions of the same person, which makes her a very stable time traveler. Mm-hmm. She can't run into other versions of herself. Cable, or Cable, God, uh, Shatterstar is back in the fight pits. Uh, he's, by fight pits, he's in a fucking wrestling ring. Which is Mojo what World. the fighting pits looked like on Mojo World. If yes. you read X Factor, like, he is a pro wrestler. Yeah. And he's with fighting. swords. <laughs> he's he's fighting. fighting Adam X the Extreme and Spiral. She's a crazy tag team. Uh, Which, I mean, those were the other two most popular streamers. Yeah. He was the number one, and then it was uh, Spiral, then Adam X. And that was, like, the top three. I love Adam X's stupid little baseball cap. I know. I love that that's his, like, how can you quickly identify Adam X? Any well, blonde dude with long hair and a backwards baseball cap, that's Adam X the Extreme. That's how I know who he is. It's like how Longshot has to have a mullet. Yes. Longshot needs a mullet, or else I don't know it's Longshot. Correct. Uh, but they're all fighting. There's so many swords in this one panel. Yeah, because he has his swords that are two swords. Spiral has six arms, and each of them is holding a sword. And then Adam X has two swords. Yep. A lot of dual wielding in this book, like we said. Uh, he has a vision of Sha- of Richter, uh, which is immediately interrupted by by Rachel going, "Hey, let's get the fuck out of here, dude!" Before he does, because I'm obsessed with these boys, I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> Before he does, first of all, Richter looks really bad. Shadow Richter looks really fucking badass in this one panel. Yes. Um, so he turns around and he's like, "Julio," and the crowd's chanting, "Fight, fight, fight!" And Richter just goes, "Come on, babe, let's go a few rounds." And Shadowstar's like, "No." Shatterstar looks the most the most Fabio he's ever looked. He looks so Fabio. If Fabio was a pro wrestler. Um, Or, you know, if a pro wrestler attempted to dress like Fabio, that's the direction that that would go. You say attempted. That's happened. I'm sure of it. I can't think of a specific example. But I know it's happened. Um, I believe you. Anyway, then Rachel shows up and gets him out of there. But I love that one panel where he's just like, no, I'm not going to fight you. Uh, Weird Shadow Richter. Baze is very... I don't like hers. It makes me very sad. It's... Oh, yeah. It's upsetting. Um, Yeah, Baze's greatest fear is that she's actually a monster and that Doug doesn't love her because she's a monster and she's, like, going to hurt him. Uh, So she turns into an actual monster with too many teeth. There are too many teeth in this drawing. That's the thing that that makes it freak. there, There are too many teeth here. Also, slightly, like ape-like, but with sharp teeth, and apes don't have teeth like that, which is upsetting. She looks like, um, like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. I believe you. <laughs> it's horrifying, though. It's terrifying. Yeah, um, just rows of spikes, uh, in her teeth. Um, like a shark mouth. It's, I'm gonna show you, send you a picture of Baraka, just so you understand Okay. fuck this is. While he's looking that up, so then Rachel and Shatterstar break in through the top of the chapel, which is, this is all happening during her wedding in her head, uh, and they're just like, it's not real, come on with us. And she says, I know that, but it is my deepest fear of myself, of what I would do to gentle Douglas, perhaps, I know, Bay. here. And they offer her a helping hand, and she looks at them and she's like, what is that you're doing there, with your hand? And Rachel's like, 
do you not offer helping hands on Arako? No! The answer is no! No, they do not! <laughs> Your do child not. falls down in the dirt! You leave them there! They get up on their own power! That is the way of Arako! The, the, one of the major plots of X-Men Red is that the Krakoans keep trying to teach the Iraqi the concept of a mutant circuit, and they refuse to do it because it's quote-unquote help, and that's the worst thing you could do to someone, which is why Cora of the Burning Heart, her power is to amplify other mutant powers, and she's like a fucking pariah in their society because she has the worst power for their society because you're not supposed to help other people, because but she can only... Amplify other mutants' powers, and so she's stuck. And her dad is the Fisher King. Yeah, and her sister is uh, Susan, the one fucking Kurt, the the one with the knife hands. Yeah, Susan, Susan, Susan. There's there's a Y and a Z in there. Um, Don't worry about. Core of the Burning Heart is cool. It's a cool ass name. Cool ass name. Uh, yeah, I said you for Rocka. Uh, oh, uh, and so they fly away. Oh yeah, them. absolutely. It looks exactly like that. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Uh huh. Yep. And it's like seems like we have a much harder time beating ourselves up when we're not alone. Uh, so Poor Kylan, Kylan is reliving the death of his lover, Satine. Satine, the Saturnine of another Earth. And. Poor boy has to be restrained by Rachel and Star because he keeps trying to like lunge for the dead body of his great love, and they're just like, "It's not real! It's not real!" And he's like, "But if I can be with her, I'll stay." Let me go to her, and he raises a sword to them, and then he falls down crying. He says, "I, I just—if it meant I could see her, I wanted to stay, but we must press on. Yes, to the siege perilous." This man is so sad. Kylon is the most made for Tumblr character I've ever I've seen in a while. Um, he's a, a a tortured beast man. Oh, oh, the monster fuckers are gonna love him. He's a sad animal man. Sad cat man. The furry's gonna go crazy. I know it. I know it. Oh my god, absolutely. Um, speaking of kitty cats, hi, Fudge. <laughs> oh, there oh, she is. <laughs> hello again, Madam Fudge. Uh, For those listening, I don't know if we mentioned it in this recording, Fudge is my cat. She likes to join me when I'm on calls, um, and she may potentially meow directly into the microphone. Um, she's not going to do it on command, but if you hear it, that's Fudge. She says hi. Uh, and so they... <laughs> They reunite with everyone else. Mordred is just... Mordred and Richter just figured it out themselves uh, and found Rachel from the sound of her voice. Which, uh, she, real quick, I do want to throw this out here. I think it is very important... Oh, sorry, I just whacked the microphone. I think it's very important that Richter got at himself. Yes. Because I... For specifically what his thing was, I think, like, yes, he heard Rachel's voice and followed it, but, like, he did not need Rachel to fly down and, like, physically him restrain out. him and drag him out, because I don't think that would have worked. Instead, he gets the come-to-Jesus moment of, like, stop trying to die, and he figures it out and walks out under his own power. And I think that's important, and he describes it as, it sucked, felt like kicking my own ass over and over, but then I heard Rachel in my head and followed her here. 
And it's just, it's not a throwaway line, but it's just like one line. But I think it says a lot. And I think it's, I think it's good for Richter that he came to that realization and walked out on his own. She, uh, Betsy gets, sees Rachel's signal and flies down. And she's like, there you are. D- didn't I say I wasn't leaving you alone again? And Let me tell you, when I saw these two panels, Betsy's tucking hair behind her ear, and Rachel's like, why are you looking at me like that? I literally put the book down before I even turned the page. I was like, is this? Is And I had to collect myself, and I turned the page, and I was like, <gasps> Because turn the page. page. This is so uh, good. They make out. They kiss. Rainbow butterflies. Rainbow butterflies, which neither of them have conjured. It's actually from Mr. M because he senses the vibe. (laughs) True ally. He's, uh, because, yeah. Rachel, like, pulls away and goes, I'm sorry, are those rainbow butterflies? Like, yeah, little on the nose, huh, Rach? It's like, oh, yeah, that was my, uh, that was actually me, ladies. Uh, uh, you're here for the Siege Perilous? And Mordred goes, yes. Yes, we are. Can you direct it to us, sir? Or direct us to can us, I just, Can I just really quick? We can't move on that fast. This is, this is the Pride Month episode. Yes. Full page. Full page. Kissing. Full page. Kissing in the sky. So happy. There is no denying this. Yes. This is this is not, oh, I woke up in a bed naked and another person's there and like maybe kind of naked, like plausible deniability that these people sleep together. No, they are kissing on panel. These girls like each other. Right. Happy Pride Month, gays. And I want to mention here, Rachel, again, Claremont always intended for Rachel to be gay. Uh, she was supposed to be yes. the, the dog, like the virgin birth of Jean and the Phoenix, right? Um, there's like a subtext there with Clan Ascani, who are a clan, like a clan of all women, of, the, of all women, and so it's like there's an implication here. Uh, her relationship with Kitty, there's an implication here. The entire are, plot of X Men True Friends. The entire plot of X Men True Friends. Chris Claremont tried for years and years and years. There's a there to the point where there is a tabletop RPG that someone made, which was you are Chris Claremont trying to sneak a queer subtext past uh, Marvel editorial. I want to play that tabletop RPG. Uh, and Rachel was always the character. Like there were a lot of characters he really wanted to do it with Kitty, Storm, Storm Rachel. Uh, Mystique. Uh, Mystique, Destiny. And Mystique and Destiny, he's sneaking words in there to see if Jim Shooter will notice, to see if Bob Harris will notice. Uh, and they don't, but you, the reader, have to know what these words mean. And a lot of people didn't. And Rachel Pyro. is a <laughs> Rachel is a Pyro was also gay. Pyro, uh, Juggernaut, Black Tom. Oh, yeah. Uh, Avalanche, uh, Ileana. The, enti- the entire Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. The second one, specifically. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, the Mystique, Mystique ones. Mystique's Brotherhood. Uh, Iceman. The thing with Iceman, like, it came, a lot of people said, oh, it came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. There's, no, it there didn't. are, at, at the time of that's release, I, I would say there are no less than 30 years of comics that are like, hey, what's with Bobby? 
what's going on here? Bobby has some weird stuff going on. Like there's uh, the shapeshifter on the defenders with them. Is it yeah, Cloud. Cloud. Yeah. Cloud. yeah. Uh, who is sometimes a guy, uh, sometimes a girl. And Bobby's grappling with that attraction. Uh, there's everything to do with his relationship with Rogue. Uh, Bring one, Rogue home to meet your parents, the least threatening girl. A woman you can't touch or you'll fucking die. What a great excuse when you're telling yourself why you don't want to have sex with a woman. I, I can't touch her or I'll die. Yeah. Uh, there's no the, other reason. <laughs> there's the issue where Emma takes over his body and em, he's like, Emma, why could you use my powers better than me? And she's like, there's a lot you have to come to terms with within your mind. And once you do that, you'll be free to do it. When She ain't a snitch, though. Good for her. She's, she's a snitch. <laughs> uh, when, uh, in the very first issue of the X-Men, Bobby slides down a fire pole. And in underwear boots. In underwear and boots. And when the other boys are looking out the window to see Gene, Bobby is completely uninterested. He's and literally like, ah, who cares? <laughs> he's a boot walking away when when the, they're like, oh, he's like, oh my god, it's just some girl. And what Stan Lee was trying to say with Iceman is that he's too young to be into girls yet, right? That he's younger than the other boys and isn't really that interested. What every other writer took from that pretty much forever was, okay. was hey. Why is homosexual? Bobby, why does Bobby not even want to look in this girl's direction? Bobby is a yeah, he's a little younger, but he's still a teenage boy. It's he's going through puberty. Why is he completely uninterested in Gene, who every guy they ever meet is into Gene, except for the two are Bobby and Alex, and Alex isn't into Gene because he's like, yeah, that's the girl my brother likes. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's also older than them, so it's like weird. No, Alex Summers? Yeah, he Alex is the older Alex is the younger brother. The movie's he went to college. It. You're right. The movie's forgot about that. Because I know he went to college, but then I forgot that at that point they're no longer in high school. Yes. That makes sense. Um You're right, the movies do flip it. X-Men first class, slaps his movie. Weird movie if you know things about the X-Men. I loved that movie before I read X-Men comics. And I was like, this movie is incredible. This is wonderful. I watched it again like a year or two ago. And I was like, these are choices. These are choices. Hysterically. Really quick. On this topic of Iceman. X-Men Days of Future Past. The film has Kitty Pride played by Elliot Page. With Iceman, and I was like, "This is this is funny on like three separate this levels." Funny, there like, are, there are, like, there are layer, retroactively. <laughs> there are layers to how funny this is. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yes, tried to do a long time with Iceman. Same thing with Rachel Summers. Exactly. And so this, like, like Betsy got to have that one scene with a woman before, but Rachel has never. Everyone has known. For the entire time that this character has existed, this people is a lesbian. Known since like 1986, like this. like people have known forever, but until the year of our Lord 2022, it was not confirmed on a page that Rachel was in two girls, and this 
is when it's confirmed. And I screamed, and then I went in the Discord for this <laughs> for this podcast, and I think, I think I just shouted into the Discord and was just like, they did it. They fucking did it. Oh my god, they did it. You read my mind, and you were just like, oh, you read Night's Match, and I just posted a screenshot of the entire page. Let's see if I can find it. I'm just looking for the words, they did it. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's in there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you uh, you said all caps. Friends, I am going absolutely feral over the new Knights of X issue. I yep. said, did they do the thing? You said, I am yelling. Uh, yeah, and then we just yelled about it for a while. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. I lost my mind. I lost also, my mind. Also, to have like a dance at the Hellfire Gala that same you're right they have a very homoerotic dance a year beforehand yes. at the hellfire gala because uh, betsy was not stuck in other world it was the very first hellfire gala and they have and it's drawn by marcus toe and it's very cute yeah. um and they have like a psychic conversation and it is gay <laughs> it's the uh, only summary I can give. Um, so anyway, I will now finally let us go past the splash page. It was just very important to me. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. M is the one making the rainbow butterflies because he's an ally and we appreciate that. Uh, also, when uh, when Mordred is like, hey, can you show us where the change is? He looks over at Mordred in disgust. He's a, yeah, As everyone does. Uh, you're in it, so. It's like, well, this has got to wait. One of your knights is on his way. It's like, Gambit, he made it through? Nope, Shogo. Uh, he has Roma and Saturnine with him. He's being pursued by Merlin, who is riding a fucking griffin. Yep. Uh, it's like, you you tie up quests and wish to settle this in battle? You may have your wish, Captain Britain. And on to the final issue. Great, We're doing it again, aren't great, we? Great, great. I love anytime they draw the Starlight Sword and it is like yes. its own light source. Yes. It's like it's it's like a lightsaber. Yes. But the whole thing glows. With the hilt and everything. Yeah. Whole thing. And you can hold it without, you know, cutting your limbs off. Yeah. Um it's it's less of a stabby stabby sword and more of a focused totality of your psychic powers goes in your brain kind of sword. Yeah. But I think she can pick. Like, she can probably choose if she's going to cut someone's arm off or if she's going to yes, focus totality. It is, a, it is a physical sword that other people can touch. Yes. Uh, so. so. Issue 5 opens with Roma and Saturnine riding in on Shogo's back. Uh, they have the same face. They do. <laughs> and who's that? Just identical facial expressions. They their are mouths both are the same. Their eyes, their eyes are different. Yeah, their, their eyes and eyebrows are slightly different, and their noses are slightly different. But they, okay, their mouths Let me rephrase. Are the they are making the exact same yeah. facial expression of horror and like, oh. Uh... And uh, Merlin's or the narration here is on his way on the way to his last stand. Omniversal Magister Merlin has been betrayed. He hates these women who seek to usurp him. Saturnine and Roma, one the thorn in his side, the other the fruit of his loins. His most legendary ally, King Arthur of Avalon, is dead in the muck, his loyal knights by his side. Most of all, he hates the mutant Captain Britain, who defends the Siege Perilous with the Knights of X by her side. 
So much so that he will bring the last of his ragged army to find them and take it from them. Issue five. Betsy and Rachel are holding hands and holding up to fight. uh, High five, Fort Krakoa. Rachel's name here is still listed as Rachel. Yeah, she's not a Scani yet, but she will be. And so Mordred again asks, how are we here? And he says, well, Mr. M is a matter manipulator. Uh, and he explains, matter, as we know, cannot be destroyed, only changed. The siege perilous is in every grain of sand in this strange desert I have made. All who walk upon it are subject to the mirages, to its mirages of confrontation. And Mordred goes, you've pul- pulverized the siege perilous for what? I've protected it. As requested by Apocalypse, Sir Mordred, I can remake it for you all, but that seems, but it seems like that yourselves, or like yourselves, the Siege Perilous is subject to Roma's spell. All of Otherworld abides by the rules of magic and story. Mercator was closed until you knights made a sacrifice, and yet, the magic of your quest also prevents me from reforging the Siege as a doorway until all ten knights are present. I count eight of you, and your boy dragon is on his way. And Megan points out, and Gambit is fucking dead. Yeah. And, uh, and I won't let anyone, not even Lady Roma, use fey magic to keep us from it. And it's like, and it clicks to Betsy. Wait, Megan, not created or destroyed, only changed. Gambit tried to use the death card on Merlin, but it backfired. We know that card is about, isn't about death, it's about change. And... and- Bay is putting it together too, and she's like, "Ah, and the siege is where mankind, mutant kind, goes to be changed." Gambit's body disappeared, and we entered Mercator. The captain is right; he must be here somewhere. Then how do we find him? Well, that sudden castle seems like a likely place to start. <laughs> I love the idea that they just like, like Dora the Explorer. Do you see the castle? <laughs> like they just turn around, and suddenly there's a fucking castle behind them. There's a fucking giant house of cards there. It's like, yeah, we can sense gambit in there but something seems different it seems twisted so, and Bay says we cannot forego caution because he is our friend we do not know what lies within or how gambit has been changed uh shogo tells uh shogo psychically tells betsy uh why they left it's like the bad men found us there but please aunt betsy i've learned so much you find Gambit and let me help keep all three of them, Roma, Saturnine, and Merlin, away from my precious mutant friends. This is the first time Shogo speaks words. Yes. Even in psychic. There's still cute drawings, but yeah. like, he says stuff. He learned. He grew as a dragon person. Yeah, like he starts to do the uh, the the bubbles and crosses them. Like you see them get crossed out and turn into words. Which is awesome. Sweet little baby boy. Shogo also, we should is... mention, Shogo's not a mutant. He's just a human. He's just a kid. Yeah. Uh, He's just a dude. Shogo is going to come out of Otherworld, like, at least, like, 12 years old. I swear to God, he better. <laughs> he, he fucking better. Or he stays there and is a in his Jubilee's dragon son forever. I... This has this has got to be the solution to the fact that he's been a baby since like 2010. I need a solution to baby Shogo. Stop giving superheroes kids. I am looking at you, the people who decided 
bring back North Star's infant daughter. So maybe that's something for Kyle to do. Yes. And North Star can still... <sighs> bring back the baby that fucking died of AIDS. In the story where North Star came out as gay, I am gay, like leaping forward. Throwing a big oh, punch. Story. I gotta say, for the time, bold story. Bold like, story. I do respect it. It's hysterical and I will laugh about it, but I do respect it. Um, anyway, so they go inside this castle and there is a very pretty, very little clothing statue of Rogue in there. And Bay's like, oh, he loves her so much. I can tell because... I can tell this is, like, his heart is here because this is how, like, if I had a castle like this, Doug would be like this, yeah, lit up in says, love. She <laughs> says, Euchre Cohen's might call it his heart because she is here. You would find my cipher in my own heart, lit up in love like this. And Mordred's like, who is she? She's beautiful. You better fuck off, Mordred. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> he tells him that's Rogue, that's Gambit's wife and his best friend. I swear to God, Mordred. Mordred immediately says, "I feel very taken by her, very safe here. How fine it would be to feel so peaceful among one's own family." As he touches a scrying pool, and then dun, 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 his father leaps out of scrying pool. He says, "No more uh, running, my son. Him. One of us dies here. Your so-called and... friends are helping you run away like a coward." They try to grab him, and then Mordred turns and is just like, wait, no, this is my quest. This is my quest. Let this, me go. This is what I got to do. I'll, I'll be with you in a minute. And then he goes in with a glorp <laughs> on uh, the bubbles. Yeah. Uh, fucking Shatterstar says, though he pains my ass, I wonder if we should have <laughs> fought harder, harder for Mordred. Which, buddy, buddy, that means something different than he's a pain in my ass. Though he pains my ass, pal. Bud. Pause. Star. <laughs> I know there's a little bit of a cultural difference here, but just like to bring back the Young Avengers, just like they made Wiccan change his name from Asgardian. <laughs> <laughs> so that people could not make Asgardian, Asgardian jokes. jokes. Yeah. Uh, you gotta it, know when it's pain in the ass or pain in my ass, and this man pains my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. <laughs> uh, and so they, they're like, okay, well, we're still in the siege, and so he's probably meant to go do that. Uh, also, they to... finally talk about his mutant power yes. in person. Betsy's finally like, and I'll, I'll admit it, he's vexing. His mutation is literally to inspire ire. Can we all admit that now? It's a dreadful ability, but it seems to be his. <laughs> yeah, and Richter goes, oh, so shit, like, I was really Richter. trying to be nice. Richter's literally like, oh, I was trying so hard to be nice. And, uh, yeah, this is where Star goes, it makes it very useful in uh, in battle. Soldiers love to attack him. On the digital battlefields, we, we'd say he draws threat. I love him. Who bought him a Final Fantasy XIV subscription? <laughs> Probably Richter. Uh, Richter's just like, I think you would like this. I think you would like this quite a lot. It'd be fun. Uh, like, Betsy, look, because they're walking through all these statues, which are just, dip, like, Remy across timelines. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, like, Betsy points out, 
uh, the Captain Britain Corps had a place like this in the Starlight Citadel back where Saturnine's at there. If Gambit ever went there, it explains why we're seeing this now. He's making sense of who he'll be. Uh, and and he Gambit definitely went there because he stole a bunch of shit from the Starlight Citadel. He robbed that place blind. That's where he found fucking Kandra's jewel for a little bit. He tells Rogue, he says, hey, Shed, would you like to rob this place? I know how boring these things can be for you. And then Rogue is like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, the sure, place you, know love, you know I love a good robbery, Shed. Man after my own heart. It's incredible. And so... Um, uh, Betsy comes up with the idea, like, hey, Rachel, use your chronos skimming, a power nobody else has, to see the timelines. Oh, really, really quick. And this, I, mild spoiler for current X-Force, and I say very, very mild. They're trying to make Quentin Choir an Omega-level telepath time traveler? And I do not like it. That's because I believe that should be Rachel and Rachel alone. Get that man out of the fucking time stream. He does not belong there. Rachel Let him... is a character who exists to get her fucking gimmick stole. They, they yes. are eating her lunch all the time. Yes. So I'm hoping that they just like reset him and they're just like, you're done with the time stream, Quentin. Stop it. Uh, but it's true. Chrono Skimming truly is like, th- she is the only one who could fucking do this. It's a like, very yes, they're. There are other telepaths. There are other people who can do fire, but like she is the only person that can like look at shit and be like, I can see the history and alternate timeline versions of this object, this person. She can. It was very useful in X Factor for figuring out what the fuck happened right before someone died. Yes. It was like an instant replay of the last moments of their life. It was really cool. When she has to keep replaying how Aurora keeps dying. No, that was Siren, because Siren keeps dying. It's Siren that keeps dying, yes. She has to do it like a hundred times. She's like, God damn it. Terry. Aurora Terry, get help. Gets in the, Aurora dies. The car crash. Time. Yeah, in the car crash. Uh, like, Terry, are you good? He's like, yeah, I'm great. Uh, why did you yeah. die? She's like, I don't know. I, keep, I just fell out of the sky, man. I don't know. Surprise. That fucking Morgan issue the where the Morgan, Morgan is like hunting them in that house. Terrifying. X Factor slaps. You should all read X Factor. Um, so she tries the chrono skimming, chrono skimming on the different versions of uh, uh, like, Gambit, yeah. and she focuses and figures out our Gambit is that way. Oh, and Rachel also starts talking about how like all of these women just want to control Betsy, like yeah. Roma and Saturnine. They are, Roma is only helping Betsy so that Betsy can like be Roma's puppet and bend the knee to Roma and finding out the chrono skimming and the Captain Britain core gives Betsy the idea. She's like, wait a second with your chrono skimming. I don't think I would need the Citadel because the Citadel is needed for the Captain Britain core to like talk to each other and coordinate between all the realities. And she's like, but wait a second, you are like the nexus of all, multiverse realities and you can kind of jump between them at will and we had the captain britain Corps. we don't need these bitches right and rachel's like no you don't need these bitches you don't need merlin you do not need the starlight citadel what you, your you job you hang out with me you, and you need so you need a little bit of rachel and summers yeah and betsy's literally like rachel would would you do that for me and rachel's like 
Yes, bitch, I would. Uh, specifically, she says, Roma and Saturnine aren't so different from Merlin. They're all hamstrung about Captain Britain on their side. Even Roma, she puts you under this spell. And then, wrong slide shows up. Or at least a psychic projection of wrong slide, who is the representation of everything Gambit fears, coming back. Different. And so, yeah. And uh, they fight. Yeah, Richter tries to use his magic. It does not work. Uh, Bay knocks him on his ass. Yep. With the doom note. Yep. Uh, She's cool. The house of cards begins falling. And then suddenly, Megan gets hit by a couple of cards. Remy Giant be- playing cards. Yeah. Remy has become death again. Now he has become death destroyer of worlds. Yeah, he, he says, we are, we are a little sick of tarot, eh, knights? But you're right about the death card. It don't kill you. It just means you change. But you ain't really changed if you ain't looked in the mirror and see the worst parts of yourself. I am death, may I mean. Uh, let me change y'all with my gift. Nonsense. You're the same old bastard, Remy, and we'll bring you home to Rogue where you belong. Uh, and so they, they fight. And Bay tells him, I've not had long with you, Krakoans, but much like us Iraqi, you fight, you often brawl with the, those you love. Indeed we do. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> I read that too fast. Indeed we do. <laughs> No, but it's accurate. They do. Every everyone on everyone in the X Men fights people they love all the time. That's that's comics. That's comics, baby. But yeah, Betsy then says, "Indeed, we do." And when a friend falls to the darkness, we won't turn away from redeeming them. Ain't no redeeming me now, bits. But you can come die with me. Betsy, he's tearing the place apart. Says Rachel. Gambit, yeah. I won't go easy on you. You and I have known each other for too long, and I've known you too well. She shield bashes him in the face and then stabs him in the face with her sword the focus and then he sees a vision of and this is a part i do not know the history of but apparently when he was death before it was cleared away by um sunfire. fucking sunfire like literally burning it away yes who i think so sunfire at one point was famine Okay. I did not read that stuff. The, the 90s X-Men are a big gap for me. I don't yeah, fucking was, know what the was, hell happened there. So he burned it away, and uh, Remy's having this vision, and because Betsy can see it, because she's stabbing him in the head with the focus totality of her psychic powers, uh, then she, like, psychically gets Rachel to help out, and Rachel burns it away with her Phoenix Flame. It's not technically Phoenix Flame, yeah. but it's fire! Burns it away. Uh, and suddenly, from in the distance, you see a silhouette in a jacket with a with the hair flying behind. And you know it's Rogue. And you know right away, oh shit, that's Rogue. And he says, no, you ain't real neither. Can't be too beautiful. It's me, sugar. You're Rogue. I'm real. And I'm here. When Betsy and Rachel restored you, Mr. Am opened the siege, and I was waiting to be the first one through to see you. Dead or alive. The First of many, Siege Perilous opened up, and it's a door right from Mercator to Krakoa. Uh, and so then we now, get a two-page splash of 
fucking everyone fighting all of these goons. <laughs> works the move. <laughs> yes, Legion's fucking here. He just every time I see him, I'm just like, you're a Dragon Ball Z character. Um, yes. Um, we see Cylo- or Cyclops and Sink just blasting dudes with optic blasts. Yeah, um, we have um, we have all the Wolverines. Yep. Stabbing people. We have like even little Gabby stabbing people. <laughs> Gabby in the corner going crazy. Uh, Fucking juggernauts here. Who is this? Brian's here. Brian is here. There's somebody in the back, right under Rachel's like pillar of flame. Who is that? Under Rachel's pillar of flame. Down to the left, or under Sunfire, rather. I was about to say. Um, under the pillar of flame because that's Shatterstar. Do you mean closer to the Siege Perilous? No, it's two people back from Shatterstar to the left. Two people. Oh, that's sorry. The seam of my comic is there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that is that fucking soft serve? <laughs> oh my god, it's soft serve. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! Soft serve is a character created. I, by, I don't Bob even remember Quinn. what artist. I believe oh, it's Bob, Bob Quinn. Quinn. Bob Quinn, every single time. First of all, pro tip, if you're ever making comic books, make a new character. A random Even if they don't stick around, look, make it, but give them a name. Make sure they have a fucking wiki page. Make sure they're in your name. Make a new character. But anyway, he made this background character called Soft Serve. Her mutant power is that she poops ice cream. <laughs> And he puts her in the background of as many group shots as he can, and it's usually her with an ice cream cone trying to give it to someone who looks disgusted. Anyway, um, you're right. There's a little blonde girl. Not a little. There's like a blonde teenager with an ice cream cone. <laughs> I didn't notice because the seam of the comic is there, and so I had to like really flatten it to look at it. Jesus Christ. He, he tries to find a way to sneak her into everything. Doug is here fighting with a sword, looking like fucking yep. Luke Skywalker. He does look like Luke Skywalker. Bay is actively stabbing someone. Uh, Pixie's here. Exodus is coming through the portal. They said, who is recognizable in a group shot? Nightcrawler. Uh, So they grab, like, essentially Psylocke team at this point, right? Yes. Cyclops, Sink, Rogue, Jean, uh, Lorna, uh, Sunfire. And then just, like, random assorted other mutants who people recognize. And also Juggernaut. And all the Wolverines. Let me think about how Juggernaut is not on Krakoa because he's Charles' brother, but is here because Black Tom wants him here. Yeah, because Charles doesn't give a shit about anybody, but Black Tom is his husband. Yeah. Uh, I swear to God, I want a wedding issue between those two so fucking bad. Uh, just, it, it just, just admit they're married, Marvel, or admit that they've been married for thirty-five years. I, you can, you should do it in. They should do it in a comic where Siren is like, "Yeah, man, it's my dad's anniversary," and so you're thinking the whole time, like, "When the fuck did Charlie get married?" And then she's actually taking it to Black Tom. Yes. Uh, so. The fight ends with <laughs> and it, one storybook shaking battle later. Yeah, and everybody's just sitting here having fun. Cyclops is wearing a flower crown. <laughs> uh, Lorna, it appears, is drinking her coffee. <laughs> uh, 
I I gotta say, Lorna in that X Men book just like she, always like she's so good. Just always with a cup of Starbucks, in, walking around with Jean in a force field, being like, "Ew, there are guts around, Jean. This is disgusting." <laughs> like Lorna becoming like very like not quite Valley Girl. That's not exactly the the the, the New York City equivalent. Yes, but she's just like. Ugh, like upper, upper East Side, very gossip girl. Yes. Very yes. gossip girl. XOXO, Lorna Dane. Uh, and so Shogo is happy to be back with Jubilee. He's uh, big dragon. He's still a big dragon. Uh, happy big dragon. And uh, Rachel says, at least they're not as messed up as Arthur and Mordred. Who are alive. Yeah. And uh, she says, aren't... <laughs> Betsy points out, it's a version of the Arthurian legend the world has never seen, and Mordred mucks up the story entirely by caring for the old man. In turn, people will care for and teach him. And, and Brian shows up with a turkey leg? Yeah. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, brother. Brian is probably like a blast at like, at, like, medieval times. Oh my god. Take, take Megan to a medieval times. Oh, that would go she would love it um okay and then Rachel, because they're having a conversation uh betsy also has a flower crown uh and then rachel says to betsy and you'll exhaust yourself now that the siege perilous is open between otherworld and krakoa 24 7 and betsy says no thank you what we did with gambit any psychic could do now dying here isn't irreversible anymore thanks to the siege perilous so I don't feel personally responsible to escort everyone. Now, if you've anything else to say, do it while you kiss me. I've got a terrible meeting to go to. Yes, ma'am. They had the second part of that conversation, psychically, because they were making out. How convenient would that be? To you could actively that. kiss someone while having a conversation? Like a I would never speak again. Uh, and so we get a letter from Brian that's like, hey, uh, to Mordred. He's like, hey, uh, I wanted to offer, extend you an offer, expanding on our discussion. Uh, you and your father suffered within the Siege Perilous. Um, both of you were forced to confront the darkest parts of yourselves. It's no wonder so much of that darkness would come from the severed relationship between the father and son. Despite lifetimes of prophecies where you're sworn to destroy King Arthur, you both came out alive. Though you were forced to wound him, wound him grievously, you saved him rather than letting him die. In choosing to love him, you broke a dark curse. It is the choice only you could have made. Mordred saves Arthur, an entirely new tale indeed. I'm a father myself, and I felt pride in that moment. Watching you extend a hand to your father, I hope my daughter is that noble someday. That if I should come, succumb to weakness of any kind, she would offer me the same. Arthur's wound will heal the land of Avalon. Will heal with the land of Avalon. And your relationship with him will heal too. But it will take time, a time during which you will continue on train. You will want to continue your training. I am not a mutant like you. For that, I suggest you seek the guidance of my sister and her countrymen. But I am a knight in the service of Avalon. It would be my honor to make the Prince of Avalon my squire, and to guide you while your father and his kingdom restored their former glory. Yours in honor, Brian Braddock, Captain Avalon. Which I love. I also I love that like. Everyone fucking hates this guy, except Brian. Except Brian, Brian shows up and is immediately nice to him and is just like, look, you're you're just a kid that needs guidance. Right. Which and, is hey. good, because listen, he could so easily become a bad guy if his entire 
if his whole life is just people wanting to punch him in the face it would make anyone evil yes i would turn bad so quick um yeah so now we're pointing to the starlit citadel and it narrates and says a hollow building no parliament no army merely an inert spoke around which other world turns and betsy shows up guns blazing when i say guns i mean swords and she points it at saturnine roma and merlin who's chained on the ground and is basically like none of you bitches own me fuck all y'all yep saturnine goes are you threatening me which she's like i'm reminding you i swear fealty to whom i choose I the phrase "Are you threatening me?" is one of those things that is ruined by time because I read it and just think of the Great Cornholio. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh my god! Yeah. That, Sorry. Never seen Beavis and Butthead. All girls school. Right. Boom boom. Yeah. Thing. No. Uh, are you threatening me? Uh, she's like, you just want my you meddled in a whole war just to get my brother back and got me instead. Roma, your gift of the siege perilous was merely a trinket for my allegiance, but my, uh, but now the siege is ours, and I am not yours. Merlin, you tried to exterminate my people just to win control over these two. Roma is right. You gotta fucking die. <laughs> yep. She's literally like, uh, yeah, uh, I, but for now, um, sorry, I know this won't be the end for you. You're too crafty for that. But for now, Omniversal Magister Merlin, by the rule of the Captain Britain Corps and for the protection of the multiverse, I sentence you to die. And he says, no. She says, it's what's best for the story. And it's off panel, but like she lifts her sword and then it's from afar. And it's, and like, that man don't have a head anymore. Yeah, she for sure beheaded this guy. He did. Uh, and uh, Rachel goes, so that's it then? Merlin's gone or people are safe. The provinces ought to manage themselves. They have a problem with they with what we did in Mercada. They can come tell us themselves. The siege stays. That province is still Mr. M's. Um, so you're just going to patrol the multiverse alone then? I hope not. Uh, without a magistrix, I need to see the story before me, after all. Will you join me, Ascani? You have me, my captain. And fucking Shogo is in the background with a big Captain Britain mask on. So cute. He's so cute. And it ends. And on- it says Captain Britain will return. And then it shows a map of Otherworld and shows how it's updated. And basically, uh, Roma now has control of both the Fey courts, foul and fair. Um, and something else combined. I don't remember which. But. The 11 spot is bigger than it used to be. But I forget what else was there. Yeah. But anyway, they now have a spot. They call it Fort Krakoa, and it's in Mercator. Yeah. Which, no one lives in Mercator. That's the other thing. It's like, before they had their uh, portal in Avalon, so they had to worry about, like, keeping Avalon, which is a full-on kingdom that is run by King Arthur. Uh, So they had to, like, be on his good side and everything. But now, if their gate is in Mercator... No one fucking lives there. It's fun. They're not colonizing a place. So, and that, dear listeners, is Knights of X. The story does continue in uh, Captain Britain, or Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, or Captain Britain, Betsy Braddock. It's Betsy Braddock. One of those two. 
thank you. Um, I can't see the comics. They're like on another shelf and I'm attached to my computer, so I can't go over there. Um, four of the, I think that's a mini too, because I finished issue four and it said next finale. And I was like, what? No, stop giving, stop only giving teeny five issues to do things. Yeah, I Get mean, more. DC clearly is. She's, I think she's written like 20 issues of Catwoman now. She's doing a lot of Catwoman. Um, but it's better if something is a mini from the start than if something gets canceled. So like, okay. And also she did write a shit ton of Excalibur that had like 28 issues or something crazy like that. Um, maybe 24. It was up there in terms of issue count. Plus Knights of X plus Betsy Braddock. Just kind of wish those were all one. One thing. Definitely. Yeah, that's the other thing is like, I don't know why this needed to be its own book. This could have been a five-part story in Excalibur called... Yeah. The Knights of X. Like, yeah. but I, there was a break in between the books and the artist did change. Yes. But I don't know, because it's so continuous, I do wish that they just kept the th- same thing. Especially with the Betsy Braddock book right now is like... It is so you had to read Knights of X. Yeah. Well, you don't ha- you don't have to, but like you you have to be willing to roll with a lot of shit if you didn't read Excalibur and Knights of X. Like it is a continuation. So like, but I also understand that's modern comics for you. Hell, they rebooted the fucking X Men book. I didn't think they needed to. They just like re fucking started it twice. Oh yeah, when they changed the volumes, when they changed the teams. Um, sorry, no, not twice. It was, they restarted it, um, when it was no longer the anthology book. And when they were just like, there's teams now, or there's like a specific team now, they restarted that. That was kind of a tone shift, so that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was Marauders that I was like, why the fuck did they do that? They fully changed the team out. I understand that. Yeah, the only people they that gave... stay on are... Bishop. Bishop and Kitty. Yeah, Bishop and, yeah, Bishop and Kate Pride, but... And they changed out the creative team. I get that. But also like... Just have higher numbers. Just make the, it's, make, it's still Marauders. I want to see the, the number go up. I want to see big number. Like the fact, ugh, whatever. But that was nice of X. And if you liked it, go read uh, Excalibur. Go read Ten of Swords. It's an X of Swords, but it's pronounced Ten of Swords because it's the card, the tarot card. Eh, jokes. Um, and yeah go read that go read the new betsy braddock book which contains a lot of scenes of her and rachel making out they kiss <laughs> and a have lot. conversations in their minds while they're doing it yes uh also they sleep in the same bed many times remember when that was like you couldn't band with, you couldn't do that with two straight characters no they fully get in a bed together they're like it's like no this is this is what's happening they're fucking we constantly. know who the audience for this book is me it's me well happy pride yeah, happy pride everyone you can follow the show on twitter at uh mcmf pod you can follow me at archer arios i'm on there less but you know i still make jokes sometimes uh you can follow jesse on all the stuff at zahili uh and uh I'll be back with another edition of Splash Pages. I'm, ugh, it's not going to get out this month. I was going to try. I was trying. But my schedule got real fucked up. So, uh, you might get two of it next month. Who knows? Uh, 
I, I've had to read so much fucking Spider-Man. I've had to read so much fucking Spider-Man. You wouldn't believe it. Infinite Spider-Man. You would not believe how much goddamn Spider-Man I've had to read. Uh, but, again, thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, until next time, take it easy, stay safe, and we'll be back next time. See ya.